D.C., the Dave Ellsworth Show, back on the air. Good to have you with us today. I did some traveling yesterday. I want to thank uh, State Senator Kim Hammer for uh, filling in for me, taking care of business on the air. And then today, I'm back on with you from D.C., back on with you again tomorrow here from D.C., and then uh, on Friday, I leave for vacation for a couple weeks. I'm heading down to Florida. It's my turn to go on vacation, so I'm going to do that. And then when I come back, then it's a it's a sprint for November, and we'll be ready to cover that all for you as well. We're at uh, Hold Your Feet to the Fire. I have been, it's 15 years this year. I've been at 13 years of the Hold the Feet to the Fire. It's a great event, wonderful event, and you need to listen to every all four hours today and tomorrow so that you will know better than your neighbors about what's going on on the southern border what's going on with illegal immigration what's going on with all the drugs coming across our border you know what's going on with all the sex trafficking and uh, the people that they're trafficking along the southern border because folks i don't need to tell you you know as well as i do it's bad along our southern border and as uh, governor abbott governor desantis governor ducey and others have done now they've brought the southern border to all the borders here in the United States. So they all understand that they are a border state with our southern border. And that's important for everybody to get in their heads and understand. Dan Stein's going to start it off with us today. He's with FAIR. And FAIR, of course, has been fighting the good fight against uh, illegal immigration for years. I've had Dan on for many, many years, even before we were doing Hold Their Feet to the Fire. And uh, he comes on, and he he doesn't he don't he don't uh, he cuts to the chase. He gets right to the to the seriousness of this issue. And Dan, let's let's just talk. I mean, hold the feet to the fire started during the Bush administration. Between the Bush administration and now, have you ever seen the southern border as in much disarray as it is now? Well, I'm glad you're here, Dave. I have to. The sun's coming up, man. Is it right in my face? Are you ready for Miami? Yeah, that's good. Listen, absolutely not. Look, this is an absolute catastrophic situation. Anybody who's been following the Biden career since the Robert Burke hearings would have known what to expect from this guy. Yeah. It's a clown show. The guy's detached. He's not running the country. Nobody believes this guy's actually making policies. He opens his mouth. He's not a message. talking points going to war in Taiwan, and nobody says apparently knows what he's talking about. He doesn't care about what's going on at the border. But here's what happened. This guy comes in literally day one in office. In front of the American people, he dismantles everything that was working. Yeah. One executive order after another, dismantles border controls. For years, people have told the American people, you know what, nothing can do about illegal immigration. It just happens. Then Donald Trump comes in 
and puts a lie to that that shows you can do it. It's not that hard. You can deter the flow, retain them where they are, they live in Mexico. Everybody got to see how responsive illegal immigration is to the positions that are taken, the policies taken by the administration and administration when it comes into power. Biden has all this blood on his hands because everybody can see firsthand that this is not an accident. This is not an accidental crisis. This is sabotage. It's of his own making. Never in the history of our country has a president willfully undermined the national sovereignty of the United States. All those people pouring across the border, they're coming in because they know they get work documents, they disappear, they never have to show up, and they're going to be deported. We have people like DHS Secretary Morris who are out out lying about the border being secure and then claiming if their claims are unsuccessful, they'll be promptly removed. The entire American immigration system is a fraud on the American people, a fraud on the public, and people know that. Well, and it just keeps getting worse. I mean, I, I was reading an article the other day that said back in 2018, about 320 pounds, and that's a lot, of fentanyl came across the border. Last month, 860 pounds of fentanyl came across the border. Now, to put that into perspective, a package the size of a package of sweetener that you put in your coffee, if you put fentanyl in it, would kill over 100 people. How many of those packets could you get out of 860 pounds? That should that should give you a really a, a great visual in your head to figure out how bad this situation is. On top of that, hey, Super Bowl comes has uh, happens in the United States, all these big events, and uh, people go, wow, there's a lot of young prostitutes now. Well, the young prostitutes, they're ones that have been brought over by the coyotes on the southern border, and they put them to work on their backs. That's what's going on there. I mean, this the human toll of what this president has done is incredible. And it's as if everybody thinks that an illegal that comes across the border is a Mexican with a big sombrero on. Or it's uh, Don Valdez or whatever his name is that's out in the mountains of Colombia looking at the, the coffee beans. I mean, that's what they that's the visual that's in Americans heads. The real the real bad things that are happening is not there. Everybody can see what's happening in our, in our cities, in our jails, in our schools. We're being overwhelmed. I mean, we're talking two million people just since he took office. Biden made a few statements at the beginning of the administration that uh, they didn't get it right in Obama. And now, what's happening? He says, okay, we got a chaos. We got chaos on the border. We got a catastrophe. And I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, some of the Republican governors are trying to make points by sending the aliens into these areas like Wilkes Vineyard and, and some of the major cities like here in D.C. and Chicago and New York uh, because they're, they're basically trying to saddle it. This is, let's just call it what it is, official corruption. Yeah. The Democrats are trying to use immigration to stay in political power. They're trying to change.
use the demographics of the country because they believe the Hispanic vote will vote heavily Democrat. And that's already changing. Yeah, fortunately, certainly in Texas, we're seeing Hispanic voters showing some independence in spirit and uh, moving uh, toward Republicans in a more bipartisan approach. They're not going to express the same political loyalty in the African American community did. Um, Biden is now claiming, though, the reason people are pouring across the border is they're escaping communism. Well, <laughs> escaping communism to come to communism, huh? Yeah, the ones that come here, they're going to go, yeah, maybe we're not going to vote for Biden because he's bringing the same policies here that we're trying to get away from. Biden wants to buy oil from my doors. Wants to increase tourism to Cuba. I, I don't know. It, it's, you, you really have, for many, many years, of fair. We've been worried about the fact that with global population growth, the number of poor people on the move and want to move is growing. There are probably about a billion and a half people who want to come to a country like the U.S. And what we see right now is actually a trickle. Yeah. It's not. I mean, if you think about it. This is actually just the common flood. Unless Biden does something different and there's a pivot. I mean, if Republicans take the House, it seems likely. You're still, you're still dealing with the fact that you have a corrupt executive who's ignoring immigration law. And the minute anybody tries to enforce immigration law, the ACLU goes to court and tries to get an injunction. Yep. I mean, we've got a real national crisis in that our lo- a loss of national self-determination means that we can't control any aspect of our destiny at this point. So, I mean, unless Americans with one clear voice, Dave, I mean, stand up and start really voicing objection the clarion call and vote with their feet and do what they have and vote with their feet, go in the voting booth and vote. I mean, this is serious. This is this is not a drill. This is this is not just the worst it's ever been, but this is the beginning of what could be you know, the end of our civilization. Yeah, I'm with you on, on all of this, Dan. We've been talking about this for a long time. And it's as if people couldn't see it coming, and now that it's here, it's like they can't see that it's here. They can't under and understand that what's happening is happening now in real time, not down the line. And not candid, and then weaponizing law enforcement to go against political enemies. I mean, things have changed. They started changing when Obama got elected, and we've had really the kind of political divisions that have happened because the left has gotten a grip on the Democratic Party and just taken it off in this sort of post-structural, post-modern mumbo jumbo, you know, telling us, you know, what we see with our basically our eyes. That's right. We can't believe what we see. And, and these divisions, the American people are trying to protect some vestige of what they believe America is supposed to be all about. And, you know, yes, we love the story of immigration, but we love the United States more. And our institutions can't function unless the rule of law prevails. Yeah, and that the people who are coming to be part of that rule of law understand what the, that rule of law is all about from the ground up. We'll talk to Dan Stein some more. We've got to get a break in here. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live in Washington, D.C. 15th annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire. Next two days, it's all about illegal immigration. You're going to hear it from as many different angles as I can give it to you. We've got ranchers coming on that have to deal with it in real time. We've got mothers on that have lost children from illegal um, uh, immigrants that are in our country. We're going to talk to congressmen. We're going to talk to senators. We're going to talk to a 
a lot of people over the next two days, and you will not be able to walk away if you listen to this show and not know the truth. Dave Ellswick, show more coming your way here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick, show live in Washington, D.C. We're just a couple of blocks down from the uh, Capitol. Sent a picture out this morning uh, to a lot of people looking out over Washington, D.C., and you can see the Capitol lit up uh, in nighttime with the American flag fluttering over to the side of it. And uh, I looked out, and every time, I, every time I'm in Washington, D.C., and I look at the Capitol, I think Den of Thieves. That's exactly what I think many times. Uh, coming up at about 7.35, Tom Holman's going to join us. He's the former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. He, uh, You've seen him a lot on Fox News. Uh, he gave us about 20 minutes, then he'll be joining and talking to us. Let me tell you that at uh, 7 o'clock, uh, you're going to want to be tuned in because we'll have Congressman French Hill on from District 2 with us, and he's bringing a buddy with him. He's bringing uh, Congressman Tony Gonzalez from Texas, and you've heard a lot about Tony Gonzalez over the last few weeks. Uh, he has uh, been yelling and very loudly about the destruction that's going on along the southern border. Robert Rector is going to be here today from the Heritage Foundation. I asked him to stop by. Mark Daniels will be here along with Sheriff Mark Lamb. I haven't seen Mark in a long time. Uh, I think I, I know Mark Daniels uh, from Cochise County because I was in Arizona back when the Minutemen were down there, and I was on the King Anvil Ranch, and I, I believe it was Mark that I talked to. And then uh, Sabine's going to be with us. She is uh, a person with with angel moms, and these are our, our parents. They're kind of like gold star moms that lost a child in the military. These are people who have lost uh, children and family members to illegal immigrants, and we'll we'll talk about that today as well. So we got a great show lined up for you. You'll want to stay here. You don't want to miss any of it. You're going to have stuff that you're going to want to talk to your friends and your neighbors about. But right now, i got Dan Stein on. He's like the grand potentate uh, fair. When when you got a question about illegal immigration, I'm going to tell you, this is the guy I go to, this guy I want to talk to. Uh, we'll hear another guy that uh, tomorrow that I'm a big fan of, and that's Ira Melman. He's been around for a long time with FAIR, and he'll have a lot of information for you tomorrow. We'll be doing this again tomorrow. And tomorrow, just to give you a heads up, we'll have Ira on. We're going to have Senator Tom Cotton here tomorrow. Senator John Bozeman will be here tomorrow, and Congressman uh, Westerman will be here tomorrow. So our whole during this two-day event, we're going to have our whole congressional uh, group in and on the air from our listening uh, audience. So I give them kudos for making themselves available for what we're doing here uh, these next two days. So, Dan, you said, and I didn't ask you to, to give me what you are going to say because I want to keep the spontaneity going here, that there was some positive things that have come out of all of this. Is it kind of reverse positivity? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, the, the, the reality is that the American people have been able to witness firsthand that politically it is possible to control a border. And Donald Trump demonstrated this. This was something for years people, including the Bush administration, tried to say was not true. 
of the Biden administration when they dismantled all the controls that Trump put in place. And the American people then saw the resultant flood that came about. The American people had an opportunity to realize, in fact, policy is critical in this area. There are elements of deterrence you can put in place, detaining aliens until they have a hearing, immediate repatriation if they don't have a claim, uh, requiring them to stay outside the country if they want to make a claim, requiring them to make their asylum claim in the first country they come to, not be able to go through four or five countries. Yeah, let, let's stop right there on that on that point. And unlimited numbers at our border and then get in. Yeah, stop at that point. When you claim that you, you're trying to escape, you know, persecution for political, religious reasons or whatever, it's not like you, you pick the golden ticket from Willy Wonka and you go, I'm going to the United States. There's, there's states in between the United States and these other countries. So uh, why is it that they don't report on that? Is it because they just don't understand? The Biden administration doesn't care to enforce that aspect of the law. Canada does. That's why Canada returns them back to the U.S. if they come through the U.S. But uh, And that's what the Trump administration did. Many of these Venezuelans were in Colombia. Once they heard Biden was opening the border, they come flooding through, leaving through the Darien Gap, and very dangerous, by the way, coming from Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala. A person is supposed to claim asylum because they have a well-founded fear of persecution in that country based on state action. Not because it's lousy, not because I don't agree with the politics, not because there's generalized intolerance of, say, homosexuality or what have you. No, it's, it has to be some defined persecution based on your political activity, unless you're part of a discrete minority that's historically been targeted for some reason. But, look, somebody once said, look, if only refugees can come and then everybody's going to claim they're a refugee. That's right. And that's what's going on, right? And, and, and for whatever reason, the Biden administration believes politically that they have some advantage by turning the border into chaos. But it's so important for the American people to see, ultimately, what it is that these radicalized, crazed, left-wing opponents of immigration control are talking about. They want to decimate our national borders, transform us into a one-party government, really, basically, in perpetuity, using immigration. And they don't believe in any aspect of U.S. law or any aspect of American government institutions. Democracy doesn't work unless you define the people and the landmass in which it takes place. And it doesn't work unless the people share enough common threads of history and tradition and language to feel that they're all sharing common interest in an outcome that benefits all. You see the divisions growing up now in this country as cynical politics take over. And part of it is because we have an administration that basically every day is lying to us. I mean, it's astounding. The lack, and, and, the, and the lack of interest that the media have in questioning him after watching their behavior during the Trump administration, how is the average American supposed to give any credit to what we used to call the mainstream now legacy media in this country when they see these absurd double standards? Well, the fourth pillar has fallen into the dust. There's just no doubt about it. They, they, even though there were liberals from the founding of this nation, okay, uh, it is nothing like it is today. It's crazy today. There were 
were people back at the turn of the 20th century who were willing to abridge all of our civil liberties to track down socialists. Yes. The Lust Commission, the Lust Committee of Congress, uh, the Palmer Raids and other things. And there were Americans who stood up and said, you know what? I hate communism. I hate socialism, but I don't want to see my government and everything it stands for destroyed on the altar of trying to deport or throw people in jail who I don't agree with politically. Right. Well, where are those people today? Where is the ACLU? Where are the people who are supposed to be the Nat Hentars, the people who used to speak for what the ACLU claimed it once represented? They're completely gone. They're completely gone. And what, what they've done now is rationalize uh, solely in the interest of trying to preserve political something that is extremely antithetical to what America is all about. And, you know, Biden, he claims anybody who complains about his crazy border policy, fentanyl, drugs, prostitutes, crime, terrorists, and everything else, is un-American. Yeah, we're un-American. Yes, we are. Then he does that speech at Independence Hall declaring war essentially to weaponize the Department of Justice and the FBI against his political opponents. I mean, this guy makes Richard Nixon look like Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, it makes him look like, as we always say, a piker. He's not, he's not even He's not even in the same league as what uh, Biden is. Biden's the worst president in America. There's no question. Yeah. You know, isn't it amazing? We both thought that when we went through the Jimmy Carter era that we had the worst president, and we've seen... Then we saw Obama, and we started saying he's worse than Carter. Now we can definitely look at the president and go, that's worse than Jimmy Carter was. But remember, out of the Jimmy Carter uh, administration came a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan. Let's just got to get our fingers crossed and hope that we can win this November and two years from now and get the country back into uh, sanity. We're in Washington, D.C. live. We're at the 15th annual uh, Hold Your Feet to the Fire. I have been at 13 of these. I wasn't here uh, last year because of COVID. The year before, I had to have surgery, but I'm back. And it's so good to be back. And it makes sense to uh, come here and do this and do it for two days and catch you up on everything that's going on along the southern border. And there's a lot. I asked it, my first question that I asked Dan Stein was a simple one. And I'll ask you too, Tom. You've been you've been in the business. You're a former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. You've seen Tom a lot on Fox News. And and here's my my question, Tom. Has it ever been worse than it is right now? Oh no. And this this is the worst I've seen in my entire career. And according to the data, it's the worst in the history of this nation. We've never seen anything like these numbers we're seeing now. Two million, they said. We'll, we'll end this year right around 2.3. we got another whole month to go. Uh, then you got 1.7 last year. So you're talking 4 million illegal entrants. That's not counting over 900,000 gotaways. So in two years of Joe Biden's presidency, you got about 5 million illegal crossings on our southern border. Five million. That's amazing. I I was reading an article the other day, not to to downplay all these people, but fentanyl. Just two years ago, it was about 300 pounds of fentanyl coming across the border. Now, it's almost 900 pounds a month coming across in fentanyl. And that's just what they know about. Look, in, in the media... With the Democratic Party on Capitol Hill, they say, "Well, we're catching a lot of that fentanyl. We get, you know, we need more. Uh, oh yeah, we need more uh, modern tools down on the port of entries." And look, 
Most of the drugs do not come through a port of entry. That's a big misnomer. Most of the drugs are seized at a port of entry because they stop every vehicle. Between the ports of entry, they don't know what they don't know. But here's a here's here's the exact issue. In the same year, you have record illegal immigration that causes up to seventy percent of border border patrol agents to be pulled off the line. You got record overdose deaths. A lot of the fentanyl is coming across the border because border patrol simply aren't on the line because they're dealing with this humanitarian crisis. That's what's happening. Yeah, they're filling out paperwork instead of looking for the bad guys. Yeah, they're changing diapers, they're making baby formula, they're making hospital runs. Seventy percent in some sectors of border patrol agents are off the line. And that seventy percent isn't as many people as people think. No, that's the the the, the crossings. I'm like again. When you have almost a million gotaways in two years, that tells you the Border Patrol is unsecure. Border Patrol is just so tied up with these family units, they can't do their job. And here's the scary part. They've arrested 78 people. There's an argument. Is it 78 or 80? Uh, they said yesterday it was 78. They arrested 78 people on the, on the FBI screening database. Okay, they arrested 78. Terrorists don't want to be arrested. They're trained how to evade law enforcement. So they are obviously weren't very smart, 78. But we have over 900,000 gotaways. How many of them are on the terrorist screening database? We, we're, we're not going to know, but someday we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what worries me is we'll know when something big happens again. And whatever happens will be big. And that's what, that, that might be what it's going to take. You know, to wake America up. You know, we just have, we just went through the 9/11 anniversary, and people seem to forget those. You know, many of those hijackers were in the country illegally. Immigration law is important for you. Can't have national security without border security. It's, it's an impossibility. Yeah, they were not only in the country, but they were going to school in the country, learning how to fly, not learning how to land, just learning how to fly. And we know that what just happened in Afghanistan, there's thousands of terrorists who've been released whose sole goal in life is to destroy this nation. And now we have an open border. If you don't think a single one of those 900,000 gotaways didn't come here to do us harm, then you're ignorant to the data. I don't know how many crossed the border illegally. Like, but like I said, someday we're going to find out. It's going to be too late. America needs to wake up. This is just not an immigration crisis anymore. It's a public safety crisis. It's a national security crisis. Yeah. And every state in the union is a border state now. Every state has border been. State. Be, it has been for, for years. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. Number one, illegal aliens are going to every city, town, state in the, in the nation, but especially the fentanyl. Fentanyl is making every town, city, state in this nation. Ninety-five percent of the fentanyl, according to the DEA, not Tom Holman, comes across the southwest border. Why? Because the border patrol is overwhelmed. They're, they're dealing with these family units, so the fentanyl is flowing across the border. Criminal cartels control our southern border. Listen to that now. I heard that from chief patrol agents. The criminal cartels in Mexico control the, the southern border of the United States. One chief, a chief patrol agent told me, he says, I've lost operation patrol in my sector, Tom. I cannot contain what's coming across. He used the term broken arrow, his term. So this is what happened on the southern border. When the strongest nation in the world cannot control their border, we're in trouble. So, Tom, you've been doing this for a long, how many years? I started in 1984 in Border Patrol. Okay, so you've been you've been doing it for a long time. You've been from the very beginning of just being an agent to leading everybody. When you look at what's going on, do you do you think that even if the Republicans win the House, and let's hope that they can also win the Senate, if they can win both of those uh, those contests, 
can they do a lot, or is it up to what's going on by the executive branch? They, they can do some things. They can't make drastic changes just because Biden still has the power of the executive pen, right? But what they can do if they have the House is they can starve them for money. they got to approve the budget. And, and if DHS is not going to do their job, then stop funding them. You know, so so hold the purse strings over their head. That's one thing they can do. And for for your listeners, I hear a lot that well, the Democrats control Congress, so it doesn't do me any good to, to call my Republican representative. No, it is good. Call your Republican senator, congressman, and say, okay, you don't control Congress, but you don't have to work with them. You can boycott every meeting with them. You can say until you do something, do one thing to help secure the border. And I'll sit down and negotiate a budget. I'll negotiate an infrastructure bill, whatever. They, the Republicans have to learn to be street fighters because the Democrats are. Right. They, they stick together and they fight like hell. At some point, the Republicans need to say, look, we have a national security crisis on this border. If you're not going to do a single thing about it, then we're boycott. We're not going to sit down and negotiate anything with you. We'll shut, we'll shut it down. And, and, and that's tough to hear and it's tough to say. Well, we got over 100,000 Americans that have died from fentanyl overdoses. you got 1,300 migrants that have died on U.S. soil. That's another record. And like I said, the known suspected terrorists, at what point is enough enough and we have to stand up and fight it? Yeah, the president acts like there's no big deal in this. Nobody's getting hurt. There's plenty of people getting hurt. There's lots of people getting hurt. But he denies it. His... His vice president was on national television saying, you know, just completely ignore your lying eyes. The border is secure. Well, his vice president's an idiot. I mean, she said the other, <laughs> she said the other day that uh, what Governor DeSantis and Governor um, uh, Newsom did, not, I mean, Governor DeSantis and, and Abbott. Governor Abbott did was uh, a dereliction of duty. Are you kidding me? The so-called border czar is going to accuse anybody of the dereliction of duty. What has she done? You know, she's a border czar. The numbers keep climbing. And what she's she been done? she's been to the border one time. She, well, she went to El Paso. And that she was never, it. She never left the air conditioning building. Right. She never. She never went to the border wall. I've been on the border wall, with President Trump, a dozen times. He didn't go down and sat in the air conditioned building. He went down the border wall and talked to the men and women on the front line. And she never went to down. She never went to Ground Zero down to Rio Grande Valley or Del Rio, and she, or Eagle Pass. She went to El Paso and stayed in an air conditioned building. But for her to, to, to declare that anybody else, other than herself, is guilty of dereliction of duty is a joke. It's an insult because she's derelict in her duty. She hasn't talking to. The, she says she's looking for the. The root causes of illegal immigration. Well, I got news for her. All she has to do is walk down the hall to the president's office, and there's all the root causes right there in that office. And, and lately it's been on the, the, the Fox network that she's not even talking to the presidents of Central America, where most of these people are coming from. So what, what happened to her finding the root causes and fixing this problem? She's derelict in her duty on being a border czar. But i tell you what, in 2024, I'll come back to show her how to do it. Uh, that would be a good thing to happen, Tom. We appreciate you. We t- put you in the place of Mayorkas. You got it. Would you like to have that position? I told President Trump he comes back, I come back. All right. There you got it. You heard it here. We'll take a break. We have more with Tom Holman in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Here's what I'm going to promise you. If you listen to today's show and tomorrow's show, you got eight, that's eight hours of radio. If you listen to... All four hours today, all four hours tomorrow, I'll guarantee you this. You'll be so pissed off by the end of it 
that you'll want to do something. You'll want to do something because you're going to hear from people like Tom who have worked the border for years. You're going to hear from sheriffs that patrol the border uh, today. We got uh, somebody from Cochise County coming on at 9 o'clock. That's uh, Mark Lamb. And uh, look, I, I was down in Arizona during the Bush administration when we when we had all the folks in from uh, uh, the Minutemen were down on the border and trying to do something. And we were down on the King Anvil Ranch. I saw it in person, man. I'm just telling you, it's worse now. It's very obvious, talking to Tom, that it's worse now than it was then. And I was watching. You could sit there while I was doing the show, and we could see the helicopters going over to King Anvil Ranch, and the helicopters would stop and hover. And when they were doing that, you knew they had a group of illegals that were coming across the, the ranch. And they would pick them up. They would take them some, somewhere. They would take away their their backpacks because they wouldn't give them their backpacks away uh, back to them. They would take them back to Mexico without their backpacks, and it would take them a few months to come back. But they said that they would always see them come back, Tom. It was like it was like a, a back and forth sieve on the border. Yeah, because they know they can get in. Look, I was in Brooks County, Texas, three weeks ago. Brooks County, Texas, is seventy miles north of the border. And I was with the sheriff for four hours. In four hours, we recovered two dead bodies, two separate incidents. 1,300 migrants have died on U.S. soil since Joe Biden became president, which is a record by far. Yeah, Not just since he became president. And so, you know, when he says, this, you know, my policies are more humane than Trump's, <laughs> he's full of it. Yeah. Because when Trump, had, you know, Dr. Without Borders says 31% of women that make that journey through the cartels get sexually assaulted. Let me say this. When President Trump was president, when we had illegal immigration down 83%, a 40-year low, how many women weren't being raped? How many children didn't drown in the river? How many Americans didn't die of fentanyl overdoses? Under Joe Biden, we got a record amount of Americans died from drug overdoses because of drugs are flowing across the border. We got a record number of migrants that died on U.S. soil. We got uh, all-time high in, in tra- sex trafficking of women and children. Joe Biden's policies are not humane. President no. Trump's policies were humane because Trump's policies saved lives. Everybody, if you take 83% of the cars off the highway, would there be less highway deaths? Of course. So an illegal immigration down 83%, less people are dying, less people are getting sexually assaulted, and less Americans are dying from drug overdoses. Joe Biden's policies are killing people, not only migrants, but U.S. citizens. That's right straight from the mouth of Tom Holman. He was former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Uh, he don't hold no punches. He says it the way it is. He'll tell you the way it is because he's seen it. But he's never seen it like this. No, it's the worst I've ever seen. It. The worst I've ever seen in my lifetime. I knew when Joe Biden won the, won, you know, became the president, I knew they were going to move to the left. But I didn't think they were going to go so far left. They fell off the table. Yeah, you didn't think they were going to become trusty knights, you know. No, I, I didn't think they'd lie every day to the American people like they are doing. When the secretary, if his lips are moving, he's lying. Yeah. To this day, he gets on stage and says the border's secure. Yes. And look, they already got two million encounters this year. How in the hell can you claim this, you know, that the border's secure? It's ridiculous. The man should be ashamed of himself. He has no integrity. And if, if we do take Congress back, day one, they need to impeach that man. And I'll be their first witness. 
Yeah, because he's letting he's letting the sovereignty of this country go down the drain. That's exactly what he's doing. How about if the Republicans get in control of the House? You think they get rid of Mayorkas first thing? They better. They better, or they can go to hell too. I mean, we're in trouble. This isn't just an immigration crisis anymore. This is a national security crisis. This is a public safety crisis. The national security crisis alone. You know, with 900,000 gotaways, how many of them are known suspected terrorists? It scares the hell out of me. This country is less safe under his leadership. Immigration is out of control under his leadership. He inherited the most secure border in my lifetime from the Trump administration and destroyed it on purpose. Right. I mean, Joe Biden, I worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. Every president, including Clinton and Obama, wanted a secure border. They wanted to do something to help secure the border. Some did more than others. But they all wanted a secure border because they recognized you can't have national security without border security. But Joe Biden's the first president in the history of this nation who came in office and, and purposely unsecured the border. Who the hell does that? Yeah. And because he's done that, you know, under 100, 000, over 100,000 Americans dead. We've got record number of migrants dead. We've got the border patrol that should be 20,000 strong down to about 15,000. They're, they're leaving in droves. We have lost operational control of our southern border because Alejandro Mayorkas has failed to do his job. I dare anybody to tell me one thing he has done. Just give me one thing he has done to slow the flow. Not, uh, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. Everything he has done is send more resources to the border to process and release quicker because they care about the optics. If there's no overcrowding, then there's no problem. That's what their whole efforts on getting people out of custody quicker. And these people getting out of custody, 90% will lose their case based on immigration court data. About 9 out of 10 will lose their case. If they show up in court. And how many are going to leave? About 6% according to Homeland Security Lifecycle Report. So these people, they're releasing, they're releasing them for, for us one reason. They know they'll never leave. And that's why they're being released. All right. So, Tom, let me ask you, what do you think about Abbott and DeSantis, Ducey, all sending buses up to the north uh, east so that they can get a feel for what it's like to have illegals coming into, into their cities? That's always a great move. Genius move. Because a lot of people, if you're not watching Fox Network or listening to shows like yours, they don't even know there's a border crisis. What these governors have done is made this a national conversation because now they got even Democrat mayors and Democrat governors speaking up about it. So more people are understanding what's happening on the southern border, and hopefully it's going to affect the midterms. So I think what they did was perfect timing, and uh-huh. they created a national conversation where there wasn't one. Right. So let's let's hope that some good things come out of what we're seeing happen on the border. Not a lot will be good, but maybe you, who's as you're listening today, you're learning some things that you didn't even know, you didn't understand. And the bottom line is, the border is wide open. It is wide open. It's yeah, a wild. It's it, it is the wild west down there. Look, the border is wide open. I've been down there a dozen times in the past year. I've never seen anything like it in my career. When you just watch droves of people walking across uncontested, get processed and released. And when you process and release quick, that just brings more people. They'll say, well, you're not going to be detention very long. You're going to be released. The government will, will give you a taxpayer-funded airline ticket to go to your final destination of your choice. So why the hell wouldn't you come? So, you know, this, without consequence, without deterrence, bad behavior is not going to stop. Yeah, the, 
if, if you want more of something, you'll say, don't tax it. If you want less of something, then you tax the hell out of it. Well, let me just also say it goes this way. If you want more of something, do not do anything to stop it. If you want less of it, crack down on it, and then it will have a desired effect in some way, shape, or uh, or other, as far as that's concerned. So, Tom, if you could sit down in the uh, Republican caucus, and uh, you knew they're going to win the House and had a chance at the uh, uh, at the Senate, what would you be telling the caucus right now? Day one in Peace Mayorkas. I'm serious. I'll be your first witness. I'll tell you what he should have done, what he didn't do. I'll tell him what he did as a deputy secretary. He believed in the secure board and completely sold out when he became secretary. Day one, impeach, impeach my orcas. And hold the purse strings. Stop funding the government until the Democrats do one thing, just one thing, to slow the flow, which they haven't done yet. Well, we've got some congressmen that are out fighting the fight. I mean, we're going to have one of them on. It's from our state, and that's uh, Congressman Hill. He's been on the border many, many, many times. He's been on my show talking about what needs to be done, and he's bringing a buddy of his uh, in the next half hour. That's going to be Congressman Tony Gonzalez uh, from Texas, and, and, and he's fighting the fight as best he can, but he's losing. Tony Gonzalez, I actually support his campaign. He's doing a good job down there in South Texas, and he's fighting the fight, so God bless him. All right. Tom, I appreciate you coming on and giving us the time that you have. I know you got, I think you said you had 39 interviews in the next two days. Is that right? 49. Everybody, everybody loves you because you call it like it is. Just keep calling it like it is, all right? They're not going to shut me up. All right. Well, we appreciate that. Right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate to have you having you here, Tom. Hey, coming up after the news here at the top of the hour. Uh, Congressman Hill will be here from District 2. He's bringing a buddy with him, Congressman Tony Gonzalez from Texas. You're not going to want to miss that half-hour discussion at 8, uh, at uh, 7.30. Robert Rector is going to be along with us from the Heritage Foundation. We're going to talk about uh, the United States from a little bit of a different, a little bit different area, and that is poverty. I want to talk about poverty. I, I bring, I bring Ro- Robert on every year when I've, I'm here because the poverty you think is here in the United States, they keep telling you about, it ain't nothing like what it's like in third world nations. So Dave Ellswick Show live in Washington, D.C. Hold their feet to the fire. We have more coming your way right after about five minutes of news, and then I'll be back with you here on 1011 FM, The Answer. sun out of our eyes. She's a great American. Yeah, it really is, because that sun is brutal. Coming right in. Really bad. All right. 
I'm excited. I really am because uh, Congressman French Hill is here, and I knew that he was coming. And then yesterday, I was given a, a quick note, and they said that he was bringing along Congressman Tony Gonzalez from Texas. If you've been paying any attention at all to the debate about what's going on on the border on Fox News, you've seen Tony. And we appreciate you, Congressman, for coming over and giving us some time today. Thank I'm, you so much. I'm happy to do it. French Hill is a very good friend of mine, and he just does great work not only for Arkansas but also for the country. And uh, when he invited me, I said, I'm, I'm in. So I'm looking forward to the chat today. Well, what's really interesting is that a lot of people, now people who listen to my show know this, but a lot of other people don't know how many times you've been on the border, Congressman. Yeah. I've been down there seven times, and one of those trips, one of the most productive trips, actually, was with Tony. Tony's done an outstanding job educating all the members of Congress uh, that every state's a border state. And what I really appreciate him doing is bringing our candidates from all over the country down to the border. This is a place where you need to get first-hand experience. Talk to the Border Patrol at dinner. Talk to the county judge. Talk to the sheriff Talk to ordinary citizens in the convenience store, and this is this this battle is being fought out here on mm-hmm. television stations. But the front line is where you really learn, and that's why I've been to the border seven times. Well, here's what's cool. You know, you've been to the border seven times, and you say that you need to go to the border to understand the border, kind of like the president. All those times that he's been down to the border to figure out what's happening at the border. Isn't that right, Congressman? Oh, it's been. That's the part that doesn't that boggles my mind is they won't show up at all. It's as if they're they're going to the end of the planet or something like that, you know. And it, it highlights their, the elitism that the Democratic Party has turned into. You know, my grandfather was a staunch Democrat. He he would not identify as a Democrat in today's environment. It's why you're seeing uh, a lot of Hispanic uh, uh, Hispanic folks come over to the Republican Party is we show up and to to French's point, showing up matters and don't try to sell them something all you got to do is show up shut your mouth and listen and you'll 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 find out exactly what problems there are and maybe you'll be able to walk away going maybe i can fix it with this that or the other yeah tomorrow i got a couple of ranchers coming on because people don't hear those stories no they don't hear about that there's people that live in the areas that they're being overrun by illegals and they're afraid to go to stick around their own homes that's right you know, I grew up in a small ranch. You could blindfold me, and I'd know every inch of that of that property. And a lot of my constituents, their children cannot go outside and play. You know, their children have to be be within eyesight of the home, of the house. As soon as it starts getting dark, they got to come in. It's just no way to live. You know, a lot of them have to carry firearms yep. to protect themselves. I mean, it's just all these things that are that are happening, and there's no end in sight. And and to French's point, you know, house where are House Democrats? I know I know we beat up the president a bit, but where are House Democrats? You don't see you know, where are the AOCs coming over there and 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 weeping. People are dying, literally dying. I've got people in El. Paso that are sleeping in the streets because they're the the not the NGOs are are over capacity. Yeah, I just talked to uh, Tom Holman. He was on the show. Yeah, Tom said thirteen hundred people have died in this country coming across the border in and died on American soil just trying to get into our country. That's that's unconscionable, but. The president will say his is the most humane policy that's out there. Well, this is what's infuriating, I think, to all of us, is not only do they not come to the border. You know, when I was in private business, if you had a problem, you went to the problem. 
Yes. You yeah. analyzed the problem. You were all of government solution or all of company solution to yes. fix that. Let's get those revenues fixed. Let's fix that employee problem. No one goes to the border. Even Mayorkas, the so-called Homeland Security Secretary, drifts in on a government plane and holds the meeting at a at a uh, FBO terminal out at the airport. He doesn't get out and go to the border. And we have people complaining about 50 migrants in Martha's Vineyard? What about the 50 migrants that died in the back of a 53-foot trailer in the heat of South Texas? Huh? I agree. I agree. You you don't have to convince me. I mean, you really don't. And I don't understand why the majority of Americans can't grab hold of this and understand what's going on. I was down there during the Bush administration. That's the first time that I went down the border. I was on the King Anvil Ranch in Arizona. I think that's in Cochise County, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and watched it firsthand unfold in front of me. And I said, this has got to change. Yes. This has got to change. We were watching helicopters going over the, the ranch. Now, when they talk about a ranch in Texas yeah. or Arizona, they're talking about a zip oh, code ranch. We, yeah. me- we right. measured in miles. Yeah. That's right. That's I think right. that's 500 square miles. Yeah, the, that's right. The King Anvil Ranch. And they, they would be hovering, picking up illegals taking them somewhere, I guess processing them or whatever, but they didn't let them go into the country. Sure. They took them back to Mexico. Right. And you know what they found out that they had to do? They had to take their backpacks away from them. Yeah. If, he, if they left them with their backpacks, they would just the next Come day back. would cross over That's again. Right. But if they took their backpacks, it took them about a month and a half to two months to come back over. Yeah. By the way, Tom Holman said if you really want to find the, 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 if, uh, if the vice president wants to find out what the problem is and how to solve it, just walk down the hall and go to the president's office. He yeah. said that's where the problem is. Sure. Yeah, you know, we have the tools, and and Tony knows this because we, we, we have the tools to fix this. We have the personnel. We have the knowledge. We have the budget. We have the surveillance. We have the cooperation with local law enforcement, local National Guard. But we don't enforce the law. That's right. Tony, talk about that for a minute because they we don't enforce the law. And no, that's wait, what Joe Biden's been doing. We're a country of laws. And we don't enforce the law. Yeah, th- th- this is this is really the Article Two executive enforcement yes. faithfully carrying out yes. the law. Yes. No. When everyone, to French's point, you know, when everyone asks, "Hey, how do we solve this?" The answer is just enforce the laws that are already in the books. And I'll give you a specific example. So you remember, literally a year ago, uh, there were uh, there were tens of thousands of Haitians under the bridge in Del Rio, right? And and that was on that was on. Uh, I remember that. the media covered it for a few days, and then all of a sudden, all those people were gone. Yes. <clears throat> so I, I I hosted a delegation afterwards, and I go, hey, we're going to Del Rio. They go, why are we going to Del Rio? That's over. I'm like, is it over? I'm like, let's go see. Now that the cameras are gone, now that no one's paying attention, this is the time where you go and see what happened. So we went, and uh, it was it was almost watching uh, a, like a post hurricane event. It was just the whole place was was uh, trash, and I asked, hey. What happened to these people? Why all of a sudden did it stop? And this is what I was told. It was about 18,000 Haitians. So about 16,000 of them are, were released into the country. So that that's where the enforcement didn't work. What stopped it, about 2,000 Haitians were sent back to their country of origin. Only 2,000. But it only it, it only took sending 2,000 Haitians to make it stop. So to French's point, you enforce the law even just a little bit, and all of a sudden the spigot turns off. 
Well, did we have we not learned anything from history at all? Everybody remembers what happened down in Florida when they came across on every kind of boat sure, that they could, sure, and yeah. we we remember how that was. Surely you've watched Scarface, okay? <laughs> Surely you've seen that movie. That was all about that time, and and that's something that you got to get in mind. If you start, if you want less of something, crack down on it, and you'll get less of it. Yeah. So if you don't, you'll get more of it. That's right. I also say what I love about French Hill is he is willing and able to solve problems. That's the other part I don't get. You've got people that are going, hey, I want to have this conversation. I'm happy to sit yep. down with anyone and let's let's hash it out the way Congress is supposed to work. House Democrats are just nowhere to be found. I'm excited. This commitment to America that we're going to roll out on Friday shows what are House Republicans going to do when we're in the majority. Because it's easy to point and laugh and and, and poke it and poke at them, but I think it's more important to go. What are we going to do when we when we have the gavels? Okay, since you brought it up, is this going to be, you know, uh, you know the whole thing about uh, what Newt Gingrich and the Republicans did during the Clinton era? Is that basically what we're looking at? We want to have a growing economy, and we're going to talk about how to curb and beat inflation and how to get this economy uh, through this upcoming Biden recession and come out on the other side. We're going to talk about making sure our parents are involved in their schools and their kids' education. Uh, We're going to talk about how we're going to have the rule of law followed. So this is a key point on this issue we're talking about today on the border, but it's also about protecting people's individual liberties. And we're going to go right down that list, Dave. And here's what we're promising the American people is we're going to move this agenda through the House. We don't control the Senate. No. We don't control Joe Biden. Well, that's what they did during Clinton's era, right. the contract with America. Right. The House said in 100 days, here's what we're going to do. And they did it. Right. And we're going to go through that in all of our committees, all of our oversight hearings. We're going to look at the origins of COVID-19. We're going to find out what's on on Hunter's laptop. We're going to do the things that a lot of people in the Republican base want to do. But we're doing a lot of things that will make our country a better place where a vast majority of the American citizens want action. And what might happen? You might have a Biden pivot sometime in the last two years or not. We'll see. But we're going to put forward the policies that we know a majority of Americans support. Here's what I'll say. Pivot or die. Right? <laughs> pivot or exit. That's exactly I, right. I invite him to consider not running for re-election. That's right. I, That's right. I do, too. And I hope Gavin Newsom runs. I really do. He's more your kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you know. that's, that, that's, that's like... A target-rich environment. It is. Being former military, I can say that. (laughs) All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. we got uh, Congressman Tony Gonzalez on with us. He was brought here by our good uh, congressman here in District 2, and that, of course, is French Hill. Stick with us. We've got more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's get back to it here in Washington, D.C. Hold their feet to the fire. 15th annual. I have been at 13 of these. I wasn't here last year because we're just kind of getting out of COVID. And the year before, I had a surgery and I couldn't make it. So I've been here for a long time and uh, taking part in this. I remember the the big man coming here was Roger Hedgecock from out in San Diego. And uh, it's a great opportunity for you to listen here in Little Rock, in our environs, our listening audience, and really get a really clear picture about what's going on on the border it looks bad and what you see it's worse than what you see on tv it's just 
worse? And I'll ask you, Congressman Gonzalez, has it ever been worse than it is right now? No. And it, this is the worst it's ever been. And this isn't me speaking. This is these are 30 year um, professionals, Border Patrol agents. These are ranchers that they're they're you know, go back seven generations. Every everyone who touches this crisis will tell you the exact same thing. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, if they're not politically affiliated. They all say this is as bad as it's ever been. The sad part is just when you think it doesn't get any worse, it gets worse. Yeah, they're, the administration does something to make it. That's right. There is no bottom. There is it just never ends. You know, right now about 95% of the people coming over illegally do not qualify for asylum. The administration knows that, yet they continue to encourage people to come over illegally while at the same time putting no time or effort into trying to fix our legal immigration system. Our legal immigration system doesn't exist. You know, there are, there are work shortages in every single industry. Yep. People can't get people can't find workers, and yet you're you're encouraging people to come over legally and saying you're not allowed to work in the United States while your asylum claim is being uh, you know uh, worked on for three years. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, here's what bothers me: the people who are trying to come to the United States illegally, yes, and they're asking for asylum. And they, they don't stop in these other countries like they're supposed to. Sure. Su- it's supposed to be the closest country that is to you that you go and get your asylum from. They don't do that. They go get their Willy Wonka gold ticket and try to come here into the United States. That's right. And you know what? The administration is encouraging them to do that. I recently went to the Northern Triangle, and this is where this is where Congress has really not done its job for, for a long time with the House Democrats leading is I go to I go to the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. You know, you had the administration talk about the root cause. They weren't wrong as far as some of these root causes. The part that they were wrong is they didn't even try. It was just a, a, a talking point. They never went. So I go there. I visit these countries. <laughs> Uh, congressional delegation hadn't been there in three years. I mean, it's just Wait, just wrong. The vice president didn't really go down there and, and, <laughs> and meet with him? It, it, what was interesting, I, I had lunch with the president of Guatemala, and I asked him, when was the last time you spoke with the president, with President Biden? And he chuckled. And he goes, I spoke with with Biden for about 30 seconds two years ago when he congratulated me. I asked him a second question. I go, Mr. President, what would it take for you to take back some of these Guatemalan migrants that do not qualify for asylum? They're called repatriation flights. Right. He goes, Tony, we'll take back as many flights as you want. All it would take is a call from the president, vice president, or even secretary of state. The administration is doing nothing on this. You heard it here. Let I, mean, I tell you, you listen to the show, you hear a lot of things of truth. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, that's a perfect example. It's like I said, what Tom Holman said, you want to get to the root of the immigration crisis? Go to the Oval Office. That's right. That's exactly where the root of this problem is. He refuses to do anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything but destroy anything that Trump touched. That's right. That, that's their idea of success. If they destroyed something that Donald Trump did while he was president, then they've succeeded. That, that's just sad. I mean, that, that is sad because whether you like him or not, he was successful about the border. But this, is, this also is what, over my years of being involved in public policy, in and out of government, what depresses me is when I was a young man in my 20s, 
There was a consensus in this country that budget deficits are bad, building debt up rapidly is bad, yes. right? And on both sides of the aisle. Now, they might debate how big and yeah. how much and how fast. Okay. There was also a consensus that the border should be protected. Yes. And the building of the first border security fencing, principally out in San Diego corridor, et cetera, was a bipartisan issue. Chuck Schumer voted for it. And we... Yes. Was, <laughs> what happened to the consensus that our borders and our ports and our ports of entry are valuable assets? Now, just remember this. Let's go back a few years before that. President Reagan said the biggest mistake he ever made was believing the Democrats about illegal immigration. And who were the two people that misled him? Tip O'Neill and little Chucky e. Schumer when he was a congressman. He wrote all that bill. Yeah. up that the president supported he said that they just pulled the wool over his eyes completely and that was reagan talking then and it's never changed yeah. they continue to do it well, and how, how do they do that congressman i'll let both of you talk about it how do they keep pulling the wool over our eyes well when you do comprehensive that's what happens as you get yes. that simpson mazzoli which is what you're referring to <laughs> was the bill president uh, reagan signed into law and it, it encouraged and repeated the uh, efforts in the 60s on family unification. And, and this really brings up a point Tony made, which is a big part of the solution here, which is about workforce, how we let people be in our country to work in the summers, work in our fields, work in our manufacturing, and then go home to their country with a bunch of fresh United States dollars in their pocket yeah. and not do it illegally. Right. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and this is why Senator Cotton and others have proposed that we change our immigration system to be about 50% reunification with families, which is okay, and 50% skill-based. Yeah, merit-based. Merit-based. And, man, I don't know why that's partisan. I don't know why this is partisan. Every employer, every farmer, every lobsterman, yes. every Rio Grande Valley uh, tomato grower, yeah. Yeah. grapefruit grower wants a functioning system. And next year we have a farm bill that Congress will consider, and this will be, I guarantee you, the top element to debate again. Yeah, and let us hope that we take back the Senate and that the head man of the Agriculture Department will be John Bozeman. Amen on that. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I want you to think about how great Arkansas is to my listeners right now. If we win the House, French going to be in banking. You're going to be a big, the big honcho on banking. Big deal in banking. You got uh, Westerman. He's going to be natural resources. That's right. Over, over, <coughs> Correct. over at the uh, the Senate. Womack will chair a subcommittee on appropriations. There you go. Yes. And Crawford will be a top cat in highways and transportation. And then over in the Senate, you're going to have Bozeman, and yep. Bozeman's going to be head of agriculture. Yep. And if you're a farmer in Arkansas, that's got to be music to your ears. Yeah. You know. I don't know where Tom's going to be. I haven't figured exactly out where he wants to land yet, but he's, he'll be on tomorrow. I'll ask him. How's that? That's the way to handle it. Yeah. You know, I worked I worked in the Senate. I worked for Marco Rubio for a bit, and I'll tell you, uh, Bozeman is my favorite Cong- uh, favorite senator. He's just uh, a good person. I remember just not nice as can be. It just uh, I just wish there was more like him. Well, he's a good man. He's not a screamer. That's he's right. Not a yeller. You know what he is? He gets things a done. Doer. He, he's a results-oriented yeah. doer, and yeah. that's why yeah. I hate it when he's uh, you yeah. know attacked for not quote being a fighter because you can scream. fight. You know, Kennedy taught us that uh, civility is not a sign of weakness. That's and that's right. John Bozeman. Yes, yes. that's John yeah. Bozeman. Guys, we're out of time. 
Love being with you. Yes, Tony, thank Congressman you. Hill, of thank you for bringing Tony Gonzalez in. Congressman Gonzalez, keep up the good fight there. Thank on you, sir. The border. All right. We'll have you back. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Let's I'm take in. a break. I'll be back with you. Robert Rector is going to be on from the Heritage Foundation. You want to know about poverty? He'll tell you how poverty in America doesn't even, you know, match up with what's going on in the world. Back with you here at uh, Hold Their Feet to the Fire in Washington, D.C., 101.1 FM, The Answer, Dave Ellswick Show. I hope you enjoyed that last half hour. Of course, Congressman French Hill comes on every Wednesday on the show, and we talk about the main issues that are going on here in the swamp. And then uh, today, we were lucky enough uh, is that he brought Congressman Tony Gonzalez with him from Texas. And if you want to know what's going on uh, with illegal immigration along the southern border, you talk to Tony Gonzalez. He is right on it, and you heard a lot of stuff that a lot of other people have never heard uh, probably in their lifetime on the radio or seen it on TV. But I, whenever I come and do Hold Your Feet to the Fire, I always make a half hour that I can bring Robert Rector on from the Heritage Foundation. You, if you've heard my show any time during the 23 years I've been broadcasting uh, here in, in Little Rock, I hope that you've, you've heard Robert Rector. But I'm going to tell you, he's going to tell you things that you've already heard because things sometimes never change in Washington, D.C. He's going to tell you that, you know what, poverty's gotten better in, in the United States. But they keep moving the line, so it seems like it's getting worse. That's that's the way the swamp does their business. And, Robert, you were just talking 30 years now. 30 years you've been here in the swamp. and uh, 40. 40 years. Is it any better than it was when you first got here? No. I'll move you up on the mic now. No, it's it's worse. Um, I You know... Back uh, back in the 1990s, I think the Republican Party was more charged up to challenge the status quo. Seemed to have a better team on on the line there. That's uh, Newt Gingrich's time. That's right. Just just to remind people. Yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> because you've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Because the Republicans are going to do something to, uh, Friday that Newt Gingrich did during the 90s. He did the contract with America. You're soon to hear a new contract that's coming out from the Republican Party on Friday. Well, um, let's I don't see know if they about push that, it. But uh, you know, I was very heavily involved in the first contract with America. I haven't been involved in this one, so that doesn't uh, that doesn't sound all that good to me. But we'll okay. see. Okay. All right. So, who was the Texan that probably wrote most of the contract from America from uh, right up there by the Denton area? Army, you mean? Yeah, Dick Army. Dick Army. Oh, yeah, Dick yeah. Army was great. Yeah, really, he was fantastic. Really, yeah, really on-the-ball guy, great values, great understanding of policy, and very approachable by conservatives. Yes. You know, in fact, I worked very closely with Army and his staff in crafting the welfare provisions that went into contract with America and became welfare reform. So, uh, Yeah, they were able to force Bill Clinton... Do right to do the, the, the you got to yeah. work to be able to get welfare and right. all of those things. But Clinton had this great rhetorical commitment. He said, if you can work, you ought to work. But he didn't really mean that. So then the, the Republicans took over Congress in part because he didn't do what he promised. And then we had a kind of what I call a shotgun wedding between rhetoric and reality right there. Yeah. And at least it got a little better. 
This is, I just put it that way. Yeah, it did. Uh, particularly, family was rapidly disintegrating before welfare reform. The percentage of kids in married families was going down about one percentage point a year. It was literally disappearing. That actually came to an end after welfare reform, and people don't know that. Uh, they take it for granted now that it's kind of stabilized. That happened because we basically kind of reduced the subsidies for single parenthood uh, and said you, you can't get this stuff for free, you got to work. All of a sudden, behavior improves. Yeah. As I always say, Robert, if you want more of something, <laughs> that's right. you don't tax it. If you want less of something, you put some punishment involved to mm-hmm. it, and you will reduce the amount mm-hmm. of what you're getting. Or in the case of welfare, you just say you can't get this for free. you got to go out and at least look for a job, uh, and, and we'll help you if you can't find a job, but you can't just sit at home and collect this check. And welfare recipients responded to that, and moreover, women that would have become welfare recipients didn't have those children outside marriage or didn't have them as much. They tended to get married more, and bingo, family structure stabilizes. The welfare caseload drops about 80%, uh, and poverty goes down. And the kids are in two-parent homes. They're much better off. Everybody's better off, which is why the mainstream media in the city basically ignores it. Because the city lives on insoluble problems, you know, ones that make big government bigger. It's the only thing they're really interested in. Well, it's more power for them. More power to the state. That's yeah, exactly and, and what they pulling want. the family apart, if you want big state, that'll do it. You know, you pull that family apart, and now what you have is kind of a shotgun wedding between the, the single mom and the taxpayer. You know, and the dad's out of the picture. You pushed him out of the household. Everybody loses when you do that. Let's talk about that, because that started under LBJ, the it, Great it, Society. Well, actually, it started way back under FDR, but okay. we go back in time. Actually, if you go back that far, the program was called Aid to Families with Dependent Children, was put together by the Labor Department, was overseen by Charlotte Perkins, who was the first female department secretary. And she did not know that that program included, it was supposed to be for divorcees and widows, right? Right. She did not know that her bureaucracy, talking about the swamp, her bureaucracy had put women that were never married into this program. And when she found that out, she said, my God, that's going to destroy the black family. She was wrong because it destroyed the black and white family. It destroyed every family. It It destroyed everything. But she predicted that all the way back in the 30s, that that program, which subsidized people not to, be, to not to be married when they had kids and penalized them if they do get married, which it still does, okay, that would have a bad effect, you know. It took many, many PhDs to figure that one out. And we destroyed the family. When, when, and then Johnson just piled on yeah. to a bad system. So that when Johnson started this, 7% of children were born outside of wedding, outside of marriage. Now it's 42%. We've stabilized that, right? It's it, it stopped getting worse with welfare reform, but we haven't actually improved it. Right. All right. So let's talk more about you're given history that I'm I'm telling you most people haven't heard about. And if they read 1619 and they, they look at CRT, they don't have a clue about right. what you're talking about right. right now. People have no idea that back back you go back to the... FDR, go back to the time of Pearl Harbor, about 93% of, of black children were born to married couples. Today, that's like 35%, okay? What happened? Because the black family survived slavery. It survived Jim Crow. 
You have the greatest stories after the Civil War are the, the fathers and the parents going to look for their wives that had been separated by, by, by the slave system, going across the country to try to find their wives, to try to find their kids. That was the black family historically after slavery. It survived Jim Crow. It survived the Great Depression. Okay, what it did not survive was a liberal thought experiment on doing away with the family, which was what the war on poverty was. We're going to experiment with low-income families. Men are really—they're not only not important; they're kind of harmful. Literally, this is what sociology taught, and therefore we're going to actually remove them from the home. And if you look at the crime in the inner city and social collapse and everything, that's exactly what happens when you move marry, you remove fathers and husbands out of a community. You get absolute chaos. The crime rate skyrockets because men, men, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, okay? If men don't grow up with the role model in mind of being a husband, a breadwinner that supports kids, and men can get around that, you know, they right. can get around that role. But you take that away from them, it's like, well, what am I doing now? Oh, I guess I'm going to go over here and be socialized by this gang instead of my dad. And then we're going to shoot each other, okay? And we'll shoot a lot of innocent people while we're at it, you know? We'll just fire into... And it, you have a complete collapse of moral values because you ripped the norms and values and roles away from those young men. And you said, you're at best useless, if not counterproductive. The only thing we want to do with you is put you in jail. So what you're telling me is toxic masculinity has been a thought for a long time. It's been a what? A thought amongst the left for a long time. It, it's more that that men were in an impediment to the well-being of, of women and that having a child out of wedlock was either black liberation or it was it was feminine liberation. You, you couldn't make this stuff up, but it was back in the 70s, the rhetoric was clear, right? We're, we're going to liberate women by basically empowering them to have, to be married to the state rather than married to that guy. Right, you know, right. that guy, you know, and that's what you'll get from them. That's what you get from feminists. It's like, yeah, that guy, I remember him. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we don't want to be married to him. So we're going to we're going to get you married up to the state. And, and society collapses when you do that. State and it's is, getting state worse. State is not a good husband. And since COVID, it's gotten worse. Um, not this family structure stuff. That's still kind of stabilized, which is, okay. is that shows the effect of actually putting conservative policy in, in, in being. Because what we said, we reduced what economists would call the economic utility of single parenthood. We said, we're not going to take your benefits away, really, but you can't get these for free now. We're going to put a time limit on them, and we're going to make sure that you have to come down to the office and at least look for a job. And all of a sudden, that caseload, which the left has said, it's like a granite mountain. It will never, ever go down. It starts to disintegrate like a snowball in July. It falls. Women go into the labor force. But in particular, then, they say, well, you know, if I'm actually got to support myself here, I still get a lot of welfare, but not as much. Maybe maybe that guy isn't such a bad deal. And maybe next, maybe I should look for a better guy before, b- before I have my first pregnancy. One of the huge effects of welfare reform was the teen pregnancy rate which had gone up fourfold after thanks to LBJ. Right. As soon as welfare comes in, it's like watching a pyramid. It's going up, welfare comes in, it comes right straight back down. 
and now it's back down to where it was in the early 60s. Big behavioral effect. Nobody knows about this. The press would never cover this. Uh, they used to cover it for a few years after welfare reform, and then they said, "By God, this looks like this looks like a really good policy. Uh-huh. We have to stop talking about this." I've always said that the guys, Dick Army and those guys who did welfare reform, if that had been a liberal initiative with those outcomes, dramatic drops in poverty, dramatic drops in teen pregnancy, everything gets better, right? You'd get the Nobel Prize here. Yeah, they'd, what be, you build, get from, they'd be building statues, too. Right, and what you get from the swamp is dead silence, absolutely dead silence. Yeah, You'll never hear, and it's so bad that, like, the conservatives today don't even know what this was, really. Right? Yeah. It's like, who knew what? Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, they don't so, know. They don't know. All right, let's take a break. Robert Rector is with us for another couple of moments when we come back. You're listening to the Dave Ellswick Show. We are live in Washington, D.C. We're at Hold Your Feet to the Fire, uh, 15th Annual. And uh, Robert has come over to visit us from the Heritage Foundation. And he'll be back with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're back. We're in Washington, D.C. We're live. We're at the Hold Their Feet to the Fire uh, event. And uh, today and tomorrow, you'll be hearing a lot of things that at any other time you'll never hear on talk radio. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, We tend to bark at the issues that are happening on any given day instead of spending some time with history at times and understanding why we're at where we're at. And that's why I bring somebody like Robert Rector on. You were just saying that you've been involved in, in this fight since Reagan. That's right. That's what I've said. I said, Jimmy Carter gave us one good thing, Ronald Reagan. (laughs) That's right. That's what he gave us. And he changed this country. It can happen again. Nuclear engineer Carter, right? Oh, (laughs) he's an admiral. He's supposed to have been smart. He's dumb as a box of rocks. Absolutely. But we're still talking about the same things that Reagan, with welfare, Reagan said, they able-bodied people should work, and we shouldn't we shouldn't penalize marriage. And I just you know I haven't changed my script for forty years. No, you have not. And it's still right today. It was right back then. Anybody that understands what goes on in the real world will understand that it's right. Um, you know, even people that have had divorces and things like that, they say, oh, you know, I don't know about this. Can I promote marriage and stuff? I said, well, are, are you looking forward to your daughter's first divorce? Uh-huh. I said, no. Okay, there you go. Okay. Are there things that can be done to prevent that? Are you looking forward to your daughter having a child without being married? No, I'm not. Are there things that can be done to prevent that? Yes, there absolutely are. You just have to buckle down and do them. Boy, sounds easy, doesn't it? Until you have to deal with the, the progressives. All right, so let's go back. Let's look at, let's bring it around to what Hold Their Feet to the Fire is all about. Illegal immigration. Right. Amnesty for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Mm-hmm. How does that affect everything that you just talked about? It greatly increases the cost because... Um, the, for example, the illegal immigrants, a very high portion of them are high school dropouts. They have kids without being married. Uh, even if they don't get welfare themselves, their kids will, which is where the bulk of the cost is. And so the typical illegal immigrant household right now 
gets about $3 in government total government benefits for every dollar of taxes they pay. Uh, that comes to around $14,000 per family. If you had amnesty, they get a lot more welfare, and that probably doubles that up to around $30,000 wow. per household. Okay, And wow. the total cost of illegal immigrants today is about $80 billion a year. What is $80 billion a year? Well, one way to think about that is is if you paid for it with gasoline tax, right? That $80 billion a year is about 50 cents a gallon. Okay, Woo. it's 50 cents a gallon every gallon, every day, for the whole year, and then the next year, and the next year, for the rest of your life. Okay, you give amnesty, now you're a dollar a gallon. Every day, for the rest of your life, a dollar a gallon to pay for that amnesty. Okay. Now, that's amnesty with a current illegal population. Now, Joe Biden, in his infinite wisdom, is bringing in at least a million illegal immigrants across the border every year. So the illegal population is likely to double over the next decade. So now we're talking, and they clearly, they don't make any qualms now about that they want amnesty. They want every one of these illegals to get full access to the U.S. welfare system and free education for their kids, which costs about $15,000 thousand dollars per child per pop now in the public school system who's paying for that okay if the illegal immigrant even if they're working which they are making twenty five thousand dollars a year they're not paying for that and they're getting a lot of welfare because the welfare system now links work and and work and welfare together okay so they get all this this welfare they get that free education they get free medical care through obamacare stuff like that so we're talking probably thirty thousand dollars per family net of taxes you know and then it, it's going to grow okay so if you if if biden has his way and we continue to bring in a million illegal immigrants every year and let's say 10 years from now we'll give them amnesty now we're talking two dollars a gallon gas tax every day every gallon every day for the rest of your life okay uh, and wh- who gains from that the swamp gains. Okay, yeah, this is a hidden taxes that we always talk about. Yeah. You don't see it, but it's there, right? Or, or it's there be- because we're borrowing it from our friends, the Chinese. Yeah, literally, like that. That's going to work really well, guys. Okay, well, they're, they're going. You, they have the interests of the United States. Uh, in absolutely, mind. they're our friends. <laughs> <laughs> I we certainly people that we want to get deeper and deeper in debt to absolutely. them. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's enormously expensive. Again, historically and today, a large portion, 40, 45 percent of illegal immigrants don't have a high school degree. And I, I always like to ask people on the street, do you think that a person that doesn't have a high school degree pays more in taxes than they get in government services? I have yet to find anybody who says yes to that, except a few members of Congress. Okay? Right, right. right. If you really want dumb, stupid, stupid, find a few members of Congress who are ideologues. Okay. And the reason what's going on here is that the deep state is going to benefit enormously by creating a perpetual problem here. Right. 
the, they assume that the immigrants are all going to vote left. Okay, That's what they're hoping they, for. They, and they assume that it builds up their government bureaucracy because they're going to need enormous services. The first time I saw the welfare industry, I, a big speech at our like wel- welfare industry uh, business group, right? It's like we started talking about illegal immigrants, and the whole audience just lights up. It's like, wow, you know, what an opportunity for us. Look at all these social services that we'll have to provide. Well, it's just like an EBT card. Yeah. Used to be if you went to the store, you could use an EBT card. Now you go to Pizza Hut and use an EBT card. Yes. Everybody's in on it. Right. So, and that's the other thing is... The welfare state is hidden, okay? We spend $1.2 trillion a year on cash, food, housing, and social services for low-income people. It does not include Social Security or Medicare. We spend about $500 billion for families with kids. Now, when you take the cash, food, and housing we give them, plus the medical care, plus the free education they get, the average family identified as poor by the government gets $65,000 a year, okay, of which the government counts 5000 okay, the rest of it is hidden, right, you say they, they, they move the, the goalposts, they do that, but more, they don't even count what you spend, and they'll say, oh my God, look at all this poverty, we have to spend more, then they don't count it. The taxpayer is like a hamster in a wheel. They can run and run and run. They're never going to get anywhere because no matter how much you spend on welfare, it simply disappears. What's going on along the border, the southern border of the United States? You can't just sit in Texas because this is a war that's going on from Texas to Arizona to New Mexico to Southern California. When I first started understanding the problems along the border, it was stories that I was seeing from San Diego where the illegals were flooding across the southern border and all of the... uh, the hospitals were closing down in uh, San Diego because they couldn't handle all the influx of illegals coming in. And the schools were going broke because of it as well. Well, that, it's only gotten worse, and it continues to get worse. And if you really want to know what's going on, you don't talk to congressmen. Uh, you don't talk to a bunch of you know talking heads at a lot of these different uh, uh, organizations that you'll hear from, and but they have important things to say. Don't get me wrong, but you talk to people like uh, you know Sheriff Daniels, who is sitting right across from me from Cochise County in Arizona, and then in the next half hour, Mark Lamb, Sheriff of uh, Penile uh, County's Penile, is that the way? Penile. Okay, make sure I got that pronunciation right. Talk to them because they're like talking to you know if you talk to the FBI and ask them about Arkansas. 
you won't learn much. But if you start talking to the sheriffs in Arkansas, you'll learn a lot. So we're going to learn a lot. In the, 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 take out your, your notebook. Get ready to take notes. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to want to have them. Mark, it's good to have you with us. Thank you for joining us here today on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer is very, very concerned about what's going on on the southern border. And it's not getting better. First time I was on the border, I was there on King Anvil Ranch and 500 miles square ranch. I mean, we're talking ranch with a capital R, all right? And having them on and talking about the problems, sheriff coming on, talking about the problems. Think if you were living, uh, let's just pick a town in Arkansas. Let's just say you're you're living in Benton and you can't leave your house because the criminals are all around your house. And you come home from work on certain days, and they're not just sitting on your porch. They're inside your house. How would you react to that? And that's what the ranchers are putting up with down on the border. Is that not correct? You're right, Dave, and thanks for having me on. And, you know, I've spent 38 years of my law enforcement career, and then prior to that, I was in the military station at Fort Huachuca, which is in our county. So I've seen the border. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And right well, now, now you got the ugly. I'm just going to say it's the ugliest I've ever seen it. And you're exactly right on that, Dave. And give you a couple of stats. I mean, uh, on the whole southwest border over the last 19 months under this administration. I mean, and that's where the change happened. I'm just it's real. The stats are non-political. They're, they're factual. Five mean encounters on the southwest border. In five last nine, million in the last 19 months. And now those five million, one million gotaways. So think about it. And that's what we know. Those are minimum numbers when it comes to the gotaways. Those are people that are camouflaged, coming in our country. They can't give up. Kind of the Cochise County where I'm at, we have 100% gotaways. It's all gotaways. Nobody's giving up in my county, uh, which is controlled by the cartel. And then you look at the humanitarian, and you keep hearing saying that this was inhumane under President Trump. In the last 19 months, we've had over 1,000 migrants die on U.S. soil. Yeah. So, again... Tell me how inhumane that is for a process that's not working. You come back into my community, since January we've had 814 calls for service directly related to the border. These are our citizens calling the sheriff's office or assisting other law enforcement. Uh, And since March to August, we've had 595 uh, smuggling events that we've addressed and investigated. We've identified 324 victims of crimes. These are state violations. We don't investigate immigration. These are state criminal acts. And we booked in our jail 853 criminal suspects for border-related crimes in my county since January. It just goes back to show you uh, the negative impact, the negative quality of life that we're dealing with because of this administration's failed policies. Okay, so you just heard the truth of what's going on on the border. Just This is in Arizona, all right? But let me, ex- let me explain something to you. That you got people in Martha's Vineyard that had 50, 5 zero illegal immigrants come to their community and they are freaking out what are we supposed to do with these people blah 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 they're not even coming close to dealing with anything that you deal with on a day-to-day basis and to add on to that dave it's it's they don't want to share the reality of america's borders they want to share their own world there and martha vineyard in fact they made this comment about you know 
we don't have the resources. We don't have. Well, what do you think rural counties have on southern borders in in Arizona, New Mexico, uh, and Texas? We're fighting the same challenges down there, but they don't want to share it. They don't want to recognize it, and they don't want to engage with us. And what's really important is they don't want to call out the ones making the policies. That's Congress and President Biden, Vice President Harris, and let's not forget Secretary Mayorkas and that. Yeah, Tom Tom Holman was on my second half hour. And he, he said, if they really want to get to the root cause of all this illegal immigration, that the vice president just needs to go to the Oval Office. Would yeah. you agree with that? Go to work. Go to work. I mean, I was elected to protect the freedoms and liberties of my citizens under my oath of office, no different than her oath of office. And that is to protect this country and protect the citizens within. She, she don't even come... Listen, you can go to El Paso for an hour and see the most protected area of the southwest border and do a photo op, or you can come to the border. Yeah, stand stand in air conditioning, not go out there and, and break a sweat where it's all really happening real time on the ground. Well, and, and what we're seeing this border, Arizona led the nation last year in 2021 for fentanyl pills. Over 5 million dosages were seized in southern Arizona last year, 2021. We're leading the nation. Closest state to us was California with a little over 1 million in 2021 for fentanyl pills. Again, we're leading the nation again. So it's not just about what I call modern-day uh, slavery or exploitation of humans. It's also about the drugs that are killing 300 people a day in this country. But nobody from this administration or Congress wants to lead it. I call intellectual avoidance with intended consequences. Well, here's the key. Let me bring you back to that that point that I made earlier and I've made over the show for quite a time now. You take a package the size of what you use for the sweetener for your coffee and put fentanyl in it instead of sweetener, and you can kill over a 1,000 people. That's right. You're exactly right. Last month, 860 pounds that we know of of fentanyl came into the United States. I want you to just think about that. Your kid can be next. Oh, 300 a day. Number one killer of those 18 to like 40 years of age. So we're seeing it every day in this country. But once again, who's talking about it? Sheriffs, mayors, communities, and most important, the victims, the families that are suffering this. Then what's the answer? We'll put more Narcan. Yeah. In schools and in, in EMT units and things of that nature. That can't be the only answer. Well, Narc- we got to stop. we got to stop the cartels. And you're 100% correct. And address the cartels that are exploiting our southern border and not forget exploiting this country. Southern border is America's issue, not just 31 border counties. And, uh, and But they don't want to recognize our reality on the southern border. They didn't want to do it during COVID, the health pandemic. They ignored us down there during that. And now they're ignoring what's going on on our southern border. I call it the largest crime zone in the country. When you look at public safety, national security, humanitarian, Dave, it's sad what's going on, and I can't believe we have leadership that's neglecting us. All right. Our sheriff is Mark Daniels. He's from Cochise County in Arizona. We're going to continue our conversation with him. Stick around. You're hearing the real story. He deals with it every day, 24-7. We'll be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're in Washington, D.C. I, uh, I sent Heidi a picture this morning. I sent a lot of pe- people this picture. And it's looking out from the uh, kind of the balcony around where we're doing this. And you can see the Capitol. And then I, I brought it back a little bit so you saw the American flag flying in front of it. And I said, the den of thieves. Just letting you know, all of these things that we're talking about today... 
there's a lot of people that are in that building that are not doing what they're supposed to do under the rule of law in this country. And then they, they say, well, it's secure. It's, is the border secure, Sheriff? Dave, that's a false narrative. And I continue to hear that from Secretary Mayorkas, President Biden, Vice President Harris. Shame on them. And I mean that. Shame on them. And the fact that that is a complete false narrative. And if you want... if. Put the politics aside for a minute. Look at the statistics in this country when it comes to five million, a million gotaways, thousand deaths in the last 19 months under this administration. And I'll add this to you, too. I hit on this earlier in your show here is President Biden is the first president that has not engaged with national sheriffs. I had a meeting in Kansas City with national sheriffs. I had a meeting in my county with sheriff associations, a summit last week. And we discussed this. President Biden, not because he hasn't been invited. We've invited. We invited him last week to a sheriff's summit. Uh, doesn't even respond to sheriffs. Well, he doesn't want to hear the truth. He doesn't want to hear from elected community leaders that uh, are, are elected to address public safety. You're right. He does not want to hear it because he doesn't have the answers or his team. Secretary Mayorkas actually met with us several times. We presented him a 16-point action plan to address the border. I actually hand-carried and personally gave that to him. And m- months later, I asked him, hey, where are we out that action plan? Did you give that to me? <laughs> Never heard a thing back on it again. So, again, yeah, they go. do. Not, that's why I call it intellectual avoidance with intended consequences. And that's what's going on on our border. Yeah, we were just talking to uh, Congressman Gonzalez a few moments ago, and he says, you know, the vice president went down to Central America and supposedly were meeting with a lot of the leaders of those other countries. And he went down and he talked to the same leaders and said, you know, what did the what did the vice president have to say to you? And he says, I've never even seen the vice president. He didn't come. She didn't come and talk to us. He asked about the president. He said, the last time I heard from the president was on the day that I was elected president. I think it was in Guatemala. And he said, I got a 30-second phone call. He says, I haven't heard a word since. And this is part of that false narrative. Uh, call it an illusion. Call it whatever you want. The reality of what's going on on our border is a reality to this country in a negative way. And not to share that, shame on them. The return on this negative investment is going to be horrific for this country, Dave. All right. So, Sheriff, let me ask this question. Most people, when they think of an illegal immigrant, think about a guy or a gal who's coming from a, an impoverished you know, state in some other country. Wants to come to America. By the way, if you want to get uh, get uh, some kind of uh, federal uh, name that you know you're being taken to the task because of your religion or you know political views or things of that nature, you're supposed to go to the country that's closest to your country. That's right. And ask them for asylum. What what illegals are doing now is they get the what I I like to call uh, the willy. Uh, gold ticket and they want to come to the United States because they don't want to stop in Mexico Guatemala, Honduras or any of those other countries no, 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 no they want to come to to the country that has the money and the opportunity I don't blame them for that no, I just want it to stop you, you want it to be legal, and that's what we yes. promote, too. And let me just say this to your viewers. Nine out of ten asylum claims, and that's what this is all about, credible fear asylum claims, are they don't fit our laws, which means they're denied. Right. I said this to Secretary Mayorkas months ago. Why don't we put 
asylum immigration officers at every port of entry on the southern border. We could address those. It's like taking your judges out of your local communities, uh, and then what happens when you don't have a judge? They get dismissed. That's the exact same thing that's happened here. So these thousands are being released in our country every day because there's nobody to address their claims. we got to get judges. And we took the money, and I was told that Health and Human Services are spending $60 million a week on health. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A week? A week. $60 million a week to address the health and human services on our southern border. Can you imagine? Why don't we go out and buy some immigration asylum hearing officers and put them on the ports? And even Secretary Mayorkas, quote, I 100% agree with you, Sheriff, but look at the action. There is none. Yeah, nothing happens. They, You know, they, they do that. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. No, they, they tell you they're, they're, they understand and they hear you, but they don't really. All they hear is their their own thoughts in their own heads. That's it. Well, they have a plan. I mean, for us to sit back and say they don't know what's going on, be ignorant on our part. They know exactly what's going on. And, again, they'll project their false narratives to the American people. And, and people, they elected this president. They elected the Congress folks to uh, lead our country. They elected sheriffs. And when they hear from national media that promotes this also, let's face it, uh, they believe everything's good on the border. It's not. Yeah, I, I think of most people think that illegal immigrants are like, remember when they used to do the coffee commercial about Juan Valdez? Yes. Yeah. I think they think of them like that. And yeah. they're not like that. That's no. not the way it is. No, and you look at the one million people that are gotaways. The reason they're gotaways, and that's, and that's what we know about, and we know that number is very small compared to the reality of it. They can't give up, Dave, because they're either from countries of interest, aggravated deportees, which means they've been deported before, or they got criminal records that even the federal, even our federal government would recognize that's not good. So, again, one million. Tell me that's not an infection to every community in this country. Yeah, well, not on top, not on, you know, that they could be rapists or whatever. They could be terrorists. Oh, yes. Countries well, is, of it, interest. is it going to take another 9-11 before we understand that we're letting these people walk across the border and god knows what they're bringing with them and what they want to do it just amazes me that we're setting our communities and americans up for vulnerabilities and risks like you say 9-11 should have taught us something that we should never forget sadly to say we're forgetting that and what's one of the things that the commission talked about yes it and is they've never done anything about it no they haven't and uh and that's and you would look at trust and respect, and that's why our federal government's lost its trust and respect, because of how they treat people. Americans are very intelligent people. We need to treat them with that. So for my listeners, I want you to give them some stories about what you've run into and in dealing uh, with ranchers in the area that are afraid to even leave their homes now. Dave, our ranchers don't leave their homes because when you got the numbers that we're seeing right now, the Tucson sector leads the nation in gotaways, 16,000 plus or minus a month, a month, and that includes Cochise County. So how can you leave your homes? I mean, these people are they're coming across the border. They're being smuggled. They have no respect. They have no respect. Like I said, a lot of them are aggravated uh, criminals, aggravated deportees. So they don't care about America. They just want to. They're here to exploit it. So our ranchers are very concerned. They're very, very frustrated. I got a couple ranchers here at Fair to address uh, media too. I hope you have those on your show. I've got John and Joe Beth Ladd. Are they from your? You bet they're from my okay, county. Good. So I'm glad we'll, they're going to be on we'll your show. And, and let me just give you a story. Let me just give you a real story in my county. Uh, we had a, a mom. Heading to her birthday party to meet her son and family. Uh, son 
Oh, is that the son family were waiting for? She didn't show up. Son tried to call her. She didn't answer the phone. Finally, they left the, the birthday party to go home. He drove up on his mom, a 16-year-old smuggler going 100 miles an hour that ran from my deputies. We disengaged because the risk was so high. Uh, he was going 120. We disengaged 30 miles down the road. He's still going 120. Went through the red light. T-boned that mom going to a oh, birthday no. party. Cut the car in half and killed the mom. The uh, son drove up on that and saw his mom. Horrific, horrific. And this, we see five to ten pursuits a day similar to that. And uh, my biggest concern, and again, we've had assault on officers, agents, uh, deputies, you name it, um, and citizens. It's a bad situation right now, and I really wish Vice President here, and I encourage you, I'm saying this in a non-political way, come see the damn border, you know? Yeah, well, and these, and these people that are coming across the borders now are coming across heavily armed. I mean, some of you are outgunned with these people. Well, they are. I mean, we've seen more guns, and mainly from the smuggler drivers right now. Uh, Dave, to give you an example, we get 900 to 1,000 smuggler drivers from all over the country coming to my county per month to drive the illegal migrants that come across the border smuggled by the cartels. They get $2,000 plus per person. And so you figure four, this $8,000. It's very lucrative. But the people are coming. Besides our juveniles, they're hooked on social media. That's the venue to recruit them. These are repetitive criminals. I had an ex-cop out of the Midwest come down here a month ago, and I snagged him. And he had some cocaine violations on him. And he asked me, he goes, um, he goes aren't you the elected sheriff? And I said, I am. And he goes, listen, I'm a former cop out of the Midwest. And he gave me so, the information. So it cut me a break. It huh? cut me a break. I gave, I gave him a break already. I charged him. <laughs> I said, I don't know what county you think you're in. And I tell people all the time, you know, it's a great county for a vacation destination. It's not a county for a criminal destination. I'm so we charge like, him. Tucson's a nice city. Yeah. What's, what's those big mountains right behind it? There's some big, big hills right behind it that, that I saw the last time I was there that everybody told me. In Tucson about. or us? In Tucson. Yeah, I'm trying to think what those. Um, Santa Rita Martins. Yeah. Santa Rita Mountains. They're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. It's a beautiful area. Southeastern yeah. Arizona is beautiful down there. Really, really pretty. Sheriff, we're out of time. I appreciate you stopping by and talking to us. Tell us what's going on on the border. Going to bring another uh, sheriff on right after you. Mark Lamb's going to be with yes. you. He deals with this as well. So stay with us. Find out what's going on on the ground in real time here on the Dave Ellswick Show as we continue the Dave Ellswick Show live from Washington, D.C. Hold their feet to the fire. Uh, this is all about illegal immigration. You're hearing stories that you'll never hear in national media. Thanks for being with us. Stay with us. we got more to talk about. Let's take a break for, uh, you know, uh, Bill O'Reilly, hear what he has to say, and then we'll come back and continue our conversations. Let's continue here from Washington, D.C., live. Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. Uh, the answer, this is put on by FAIR. It's called Hold Their Feet to the Fire. It's a way of trying to bring a, a microscope in on this issue so that you see all the different facets of what's going on. You heard Mark Daniels talk about the drug problem, and Mark Lamb is with us now. He's the sheriff from uh, Pinal County, uh, Arizona. This is the area that I was down at, for you who have listened to the show since I've been on the air in, in Little Rock, where we were with the Minutemen and were you know, broadcasting live back and, and how crazy it was. I still have a piece of the, of the fence that was made. Uh, along the border, that pieces 
as they were working it and they were cutting pieces of metal off to make the kind of spiked little things on the top. I got a piece of that and brought it home, and I got it sitting on my on my uh, uh, bookshelf. Bottom line is, I thought we were on the right direction to take care of what was going on on the border. And Mark, from I heard from you, and what I'm I'm heard just from Mark Daniels. It's worse now than it's ever been. Absolutely. You know, it was terrible under the Obama days, um, and then it got much better under President Trump. His policies were really working. Look, you're, you're never going to get it down to zero. At least it's going to be very difficult. Not as long as people can't think they're going to find hope in America. Well, and you're talking about a billion-dollar industry. They're always going to find ways to bring humans and drugs into this country. But what we shouldn't do is make it easy for them. Right. And we shouldn't make it so they can make ungodly amounts of money. Well, January 21st of 2000 or 20th of 2021 Everything changed. The lights of communication went off um, immediately, and we were left to fend for ourselves. And they decided this was no longer a priority, and now we're seeing human trafficking, human slavery like we've never seen before. We're seeing fentanyl uh, poisonings like we've never seen before. So, yeah, the problem is, is horrible. Yeah, and it just does not stop. You guys don't get a day off along the no. border there. You know, it's like I was saying uh, about this show coming here. I, I said we'll talk with the folks from Arizona, and we always hear about Texas. But I'm going to tell you what. Things are terrible in in Arizona, and Ducey seems to be interested in doing something about it, but I think he feels like his hands are tied. Well, his hands are tied. You know, the federal government, every time you try to, t- to exercise some state sovereignty, um, they'll challenge you. And, you know, that's what happened 10 years ago when we passed SB 1070. Then it went to the Ninth Circuit, and the court reaffirmed that it was the federal government's responsibility to deal with immigration and border security. And so they've really stripped us of any ability to be able to do anything uh, to protect our borders, to protect our state. And every time you try to do something, they're there, right, Johnny on the spot, to stop you from doing it. And that is unacceptable. All right. So let's just talk to my listeners for a moment. I want you as a sheriff, boots on the ground, and he is wearing boots, by the way. (laughs) Boots on the ground, you know, cowboy hat on his head of what's going on on the border down in Arizona. Well, this is not about immigration. This is about human trafficking and drug trafficking into America. The cartels are making more money than they've ever made before. They're trafficking women. Um, And look, it shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or independent. If you care about human beings, you should absolutely care about what's going on on the border. They're raping the women. We had a woman we caught a few months ago that had a baggie full of pills. And so we were asking her, what are these pills? She had 50 of them. And and she said, well, when I was going to cross the border, I knew I would be raped multiple times. So these are morning after pills. Oh, wow. So where did we get to a point in this country where we've lost our moral compass so bad that we put politics in front of people? Because politically, it aligns with your party to have open border policies. The women are being raped. The children are being used as pawns. um, And they are being abused and raped as well and cast aside like a used pair of shoes when they get over here. Um, The men are being extorted, forced to carry drugs, forced into slavery to work for the cartels, to work off the, the cost of coming into this country. The women are being put in the sex trade here in America. I don't I, I would contend that I don't think slavery's ever been worse in this country. Um, the amount of slavery that's going on with the sex trade, the children, the men being forced to pay off debts. 
Um, this is what we're seeing, and, and our weak or our non-existent border policies of this administration are fueling that fire. And then we've got multiple Americans dying every day from overdoses of fentanyl. Over 100,000. It's the leading cause of death of, amongst Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. And let me put it into perspective for you. If you were to drop a bomb on a major city in America and kill over 100,000 people, what would we do as a country? I'm with I don't, you. I don't want to dim- diminish what happened on 9-11, but we went to war for 20 years for what happened, and less than 4,000 Americans died that day. We had 100,000-plus people poisoned last year alone, and this year I expect that number to be much higher. We had over 100,000 people poisoned by the cartels, and yet we did nothing. If that doesn't tell you how out of whack our, our, our morals are and, our, and where we are as, an, uh, as Americans as a country, I don't know what to tell you. I would think we have a clear and present danger in the cartels in, in Mexico. No question. So why are I mean, you have to ask the president this question. Why not go in and talk to the Mexican president and say, look, you don't get this under control. We'll get it under control. Well, that was happening. But now we have a president that nobody respects, that can't carry a sentence. Uh, that would uh, who's he going to go talk to they're not going to respect him um, they don't fear him they don't fear america anymore uh, they don't fear them removing they they know he is um, corruptible and i think that's been proven you know with his how his son is and the relationships and the, look any politician that survived in washington dc for 50 years uh, has a level of corruption about that. Yeah, how clean do you think his hands are? No, I mean, he said it many, many years ago. You know, he could easily be corrupted. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. What is that interview? I don't. I didn't get a word for word, so yeah, don't quote I know, me on I it. Know but you know which one I'm talking sure. about. I understand. What like, it's just sad. I mean, I'm no, I don't want to see President Biden fail or his administration because I don't want to see America fail. But at the same time, you cannot stand idly by and stay silent. Abraham Lincoln says, to sin by silence when they should protest makes cowards of men. And we should be protesting as Americans. If we don't, we're cowards. Maybe we somehow need to get the story across that it's not Juan Valdez that's coming across the border, that it's the cartels, and the the amount of human suffering that they bring with them is incredible. The amount of destruction they cause to human lives. Uh, Not to mention it's going to affect our economy. Just to put it out in perspective, years ago when Trump was trying to pass his, his border wall bill for $5 billion, they they were estimating at that time that we were losing $130 billion a year. I expect that number to be much higher in lost tax revenue from the people that are here in this country illegally. So it's having an effect on us on financially because all the money they make under the table they send back to their own countries. It's having an effect on us in the, in the sense that people are being put into slavery, whether it's the sex trade or whether it's uh, through extortion. The American lives, American families are being affected every day by the fentanyl poisonings. So, yeah, this has having a, a tremendous impact on America. Okay, last question for you, Sheriff, because I know you got another interview, and that's this. Do you see any, any sunlight on the horizon at all? The only sunlight I see is if we can take back the, the Congress and the Senate, and let's hope that we get people in there that actually want to do it, that men and women that have a mandate higher than the ballot box, 
uh, that will actually do what's right by the American people. We have a, there's some sunlight there, but as far as the uh, this administration, we're in for another two years of rocky rocky waters, very turbulent waters. Um, but we've got to make some changes. All right, it's uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb, Sheriff down in Pinal County in Arizona. We appreciate your time. You go on and get on to your next Thank you, guys. God bless. All right. A break and then more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride today. We're in Washington, D.C. Important to be here during uh, Hold Their Feet to the Fire. And uh, we're going to be joined now by an old friend who's from Arkansas, was in California, Came to her senses and moved to Arkansas. That's absolutely right. You know, a lot of Californians moving to Arkansas now. All I ask, leave behind your political thoughts and your wants. Just leave them back there with Newsom. That's right. Don't don't California our Arkansas. Yeah, we don't want we don't want them. We just don't want them. So what's going on with you, girl? You were angel moms when the first time I had you. Let me explain to people what angel moms. Everybody knows what uh, gold star families are. Those are families that have lost loved ones while they've been serving in the military. And we had a, we've had a lot of them on my show. Angel moms are mothers and fathers, families that have lost loved ones to death, you know, to death because of uh, illegal immigration. That's right. Was your son was riding a motorcycle, yes, if I remember correctly. Yes, he was correctly. on his way to work, yeah. And was, was killed by, was it a drunk? driver yeah he was he had well um it was in california july 12 2012 so it's 10 years and it still feels very fresh uh dominic my only child my best friend was on his way to work for the sheriff's department as a dispatcher on his motorcycle when an illegal alien with two felony convictions two duis which he received probation for each time of course drove again because law don't mean nothing to illegals right uh drove his unlicensed uh, uninsured and unregistered truck turned it in front of dominic and killed him instantly the judge knew him the uh, da knew him everybody knew him and they made a deal with him and i thought i was being pranked in the courtroom when the judge said i wish i would have known more I wouldn't have given him a deal. Well, you're the judge. You don't have to give an illegal alien a deal. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But he did. He gave him nine months, five-year probation on a misdemeanor without vehicular manslaughter. And the guy served 35 days. Oh, wow. They kept him a long time. Yeah. It's Longer almost like Massachusetts in, at Martha's Vineyard. They kept him, you know, 44 hours. This guy yeah. at least, you know, 35 days. But um, because my back then fiancé, now husband... We went to the detention center in the desert where he was held, and they were going to release him. I was told they opened the back door and let him out. It's overcrowded. Um, we went there every week, and they held him there till a year and a half later. They deported him, but he's back in Riverside. He has family there. Oh, you right know, now he's I'm already the, back, huh? Well, Kamala said the border is secure, so yeah. Well, that's probably right. It's secure, so that can't be happening. No, no, and I don't know why we're even talking here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's secure. It's along sickening. The border. It's absolutely sickening. Yeah, like I bring on the sheriff so that they yes. can really talk about what's going on. Absolutely. And uh, and they start telling the stories and people i think sit kind of in shock yeah knowing that people cannot leave their home yes because of illegal aliens that's right as i keep telling everybody it's kind of like americans we we think 
of an illegal alien like we think of Juan Valdez, who used to do the Folger coffee. That's right. Ads. Yeah. You know, hard-working guy yeah. that's walking in the yeah. in the mountain somewhere, sure. looking yeah. at the the beans, the coffee beans. Yeah. That's not the way they no, are. No, no, and and I hear that illegals are coming here to do our jobs. No, they're not. No. They don't want to work. They get all the freebies that they can get. They get more than the average American citizen. They in line in front of us. Robert Rector, who I had on earlier, from the the Heritage Foundation. Yes said the average uh, illegal that comes here that has a family mm-hmm. and they use all now remember our, our law says they're not supposed to get any of this money. <laughs> well, 65 grand yes. a year yeah I don't even make 65 no. grand a year. and then if you go to the hospital you have to have insurance and pay they don't they use our ERs as their doctor offices the schools are crowded we are paying for welfare and housing and everything that illegals are using here because they found a way to do this it's like an underground system they know more how to beat our system than we do and then this administration allows it they welcome it robert said if you take and add two dollars a gallon to the gasoline yeah that every day when you fill up, consider that your payment for illegal. Yes. And on top of that, you do it every day yeah. of the year. Yes. For every year that you work in yeah. our life. Yeah. Somebody got to pay for it. We have Americans that have to take a second and third job just to make sure they feed their family and get their medication. Well, illegal aliens go to the store and you see them. It's not profiling. It's not racist. Because I, I don't like a German illegal alien here either. Yeah. And I get very angry when people call them undocumented immigrants. I'm an immigrant. Right. It took me six years to become a citizen. And I was checked out and background checked and medical checked, paid a lot of money. And so when I hear undocumented immigrant, I get very insulted. And then when I hear, well, we need to uh, refine our immigration system. No, it works just fine. It takes a while to background check because I remind people they don't leave their front doors open and let anybody in because they say they're good people. Right. They don't. Right. And they're liars because I, I offered a, a friend who, who was kind of, oh, these people just come for work they, and for a better life. I said, okay, let me have your address, your phone number, because I can arrange about 30 of them show up at your front step. Yeah, well, they'll he cut your lawn for and everything. Sure, they work for you. Well, no, they're going to use his debit card and his car yeah. and his lawyers and his medical care. But people always think that it's so far removed from them well i did too at one point until the 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 um the dominic's boss called me and said i'm so sorry to let you know dominic was killed this morning because i was out of state that day i just arrived in atlanta when i got those horrible news and since in 10 years since i've been doing this and traveling all over i met way too many angel moms and dads I get calls now and emails, and, and I talk with them, the ones who don't want to be public about it. You know what's terrible is that the national media doesn't tell yes. those stories. No, they don't. No, they don't. They hide it. Well, just the other day, a young lady, a sheriff, she was killed on her motorcycle. And when I read that, I broke down because it opened all my wounds. Right. And I know what her family's going through now. And it, um, We have to stop putting feelings into this we have laws yeah and we have to abide by the laws well no it only depends on whether our congressmen and women want to abide by the law and the people that are along the border 
upholding the law yeah. know that they're going to be back. Yeah. And sadly, and, and I never got into politics before, but this kind of brought me into it. And I, I don't like both sides. There, there's too little done on our side. There are a lot of people talking a good talk when they get on the news real quick. Do something. Yeah. Save our American lives with the fentanyl and all that. Well, I know you work with Tom Holman as yes. well. Tom was on my show first half hour, yeah. and he said they say they can't do anything because of the minority. Well, yeah, they can. They cannot show up at all the different meetings that they're on the committees, and yeah. and they can tell the Democrats, we're not going to do anything That's until right. you do something That's about right. this. Yep. And oh, there are plenty of ways, happen. absolutely. And he's been doing this 30 years, so I was very honored when Jexit and the United West asked me to be a, a part of their Tom Homan project. And uh, it's a two-year project where we tell Tom's story, Defend the Border, Save Life. That's his book, his book title. And we try to educate Americans of what's going on and the real deal, not sugar-coated, not wrapped up real pretty, but the brutal truth. And it's not just Americans dying. It's illegal aliens dying, children disappearing. They end up in some sex slavery trade. Yep. It, it's horrific, and people can't, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to imagine it. But there are too many tragedies on both sides. So uh, defendtheborder.org, go find out more. And then you find me on domhugs.com and, and follow me what I do. I just got back from L.A. I did Dr. Phil. Oh, you were on Dr. Phil? Yes. What, I can't, what I questions can't, did he have for Well, I can't talk about it what... It air yet? Not aired yet, so I, I can't okay. talk about All what right. happened on That's the show. Fine. But at least they start listening. They start perking up a little bit and getting interested in the other side, not just these poor immigrants, as right, they call right. them now. So that's exciting. I travel across the country for the uh, defendtheborder.org. I always ask mothers and fathers, what will you tell your grandchildren? What did you do to stop the fentanyl, to stop that, to educate your kids, not to take a colorful pill from your friend and say it's candy? Yeah. Um, it became a mission. It became a life mission to share about Dominic, my amazing son. Um, he would be 40 now. And he would probably be a sheriff, a helicopter pilot for the sheriff's department. He had many dreams. And I don't want any other mom to, to feel this pain because it never goes away. Well, stick around. We'll talk more Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. We'll do that. Sabine's going to be with us until about 1030 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. Got more for you right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Show for a Wednesday. Tomorrow, got another full show for you. 
We'll start off with uh, some ranchers from down in Arizona. John and Joe Beth Ladd, if you were here earlier, we had Mark uh, Donnell on. He's the sheriff of Cochise County. They are ranchers in Cochise County, and they'll be telling you what it's like to be really boots on the ground uh, when your your state's being overrun by uh, the drug cartels, because that's what's going on uh, down in Arizona. Ben Burkwam is going to be on with us tomorrow. He's the director from Frontline. Uh, he's been doing stories about how illegal immigration affects our country. Uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman, Bruce from uh, 4th District, he'll join us at 8 o'clock. At 8.30, Senator Bozeman's going to be on. Then Ira Melman will be on from FAIR. And then to, to finish off the show, well, basically finish off the show, Tom Cotton's going to be on. So we'll be talking to Senator Cotton as well. And he changed his schedule, I'll let you know. Just so that he could be, he could be part of all of this that's going that's going on. Uh, people within the Republican Party, a lot of the different congressmen and senators, understand how, and I don't use this word lightly, how dire the situation is uh, on our southern border. I, I mean, I, I laughed when I heard about the people up in Martha's Vineyard. It took him 44 hours. Uh, to get rid of the, quote, illegals that were delivered there by uh, Governor DeSantis. And that was 50 people. Uh, You've heard here on this show where they're dealing with 1,000 people a day in some of these areas. And uh, to listen to the the little piggy squeal, uh, I, I find it highly entertaining, to be honest with you. And the hypocrisy... Uh, it really is is amazing. So we got uh, uh, Sabine Durden on. Coulter. Get that, Durden Coulter. Yeah, get that right. Yes. She advocates uh, advocates for victims of illegal alien uh, crime. Her her son was killed by in an illegal alien. If you didn't hear that story, go back on my Facebook page and you can listen to it uh, later. Because I got a lot of questions to ask to her now a- as well. So you've got this uh, DVD that you gave me. It's called America's Forgotten. Yes. A broken immigration system leaves a, a slew of victims in its uh, borderless wake. And, you know, like I said, we talk a lot about Texas. But this war goes from Texas across Arizona. Yeah. New Mexico into Southern California. Now you, it's you everywhere. You were from Southern California, yes. so here's something that you made mention of that you probably remember. At one time, and it, this was during the Bush administration, the influx of illegals going into Southern California was so big that all of the uh, hospitals, uh, special departments to take care of people that came in with gunshot wounds or car wrecks or whatever shut down because the illegals were using it as a doctor's visit yeah, call. it's still happening and we're paying for it because illegal aliens when they go to the hospital and get treated um, they don't have an insurance card they don't pay cash for their treatment they get treated send on their way and then they get medication and yep we get the bill for it every time and so what happens is that the hospital, because they can't make their bills right. because of it, and they're closing down, 
their emergency room yeah. that uh, they call up to their congressman or their senator and said, what are you going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And what they do is they open up uh, a free lane of money to them yeah. to pay for the bills that the illegals are, uh, are, are running up. And where does that money come from? It comes from you and I and, a, right. and the taxes we yeah. pay, seen and unseen yeah. taxes that yeah. we pay. Absolutely. And then you have these NGOs, non-governmental agencies, organizations, that are so kind when these illegal aliens come across the border. They have room for them and clothing and telephones and $800 on a debit card. They're not paying for it. No. They get all their money from our government. And that means it's our money. So we're funding our own invasion. Well, I've got a real problem with NGOs in the first place. Yeah, I do too. There's on Netflix, I forget what the name of the documentary is, but it's about NGOs. You need to watch it because they're taking us to to the cleaners. Yeah, it's not their money that they spend on illegal aliens and their housing and their transportation. Matter of fact, I was on a flight to New York to do a documentary. And in Dallas, at the airport, there was a group of at least 10 illegal aliens. And you can pick them out because they have these brown manila envelopes with their flight information written on it because they don't speak English. They usually have a handler that shuffles them around like a dog catcher and pays attention that they stay together. And she gets paid about $1,000 per person, and she delivered them to New York. And they were on the flight with me. I almost ate the front seat. I had to keep my mouth shut. I couldn't say nothing. But I was so angry because they got boarded before us. They can use an arrest warrant as their paperwork. Now, you have to have your ID to um, board a plane or get in the airport. Um, It's a double standard that's screaming. And if people don't wake up, and if they keep repeating this emotional line, well, they're just here for a better life. Yeah. Well, that's good, but come the front door. Come the legal way. We need to know who it is. Now we have, like, what is it, 48 known terrorists on a watch list that were caught? And more coming every day. And some of them never get caught because those are the the runners. They don't want to get caught. They come in at night or they come when Border Patrol is busy handling these families with kids that might not even be theirs. Yeah, they're they the ones that don't, they don't want That's to be right. caught. Most That's illegals come across, and they walk right up to a border agent and say, yeah. I need to be processed in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeking asylum. They know exactly how to play us, and it's working well. While Americans have to cut back, have to decide whether they eat or take their medicine, we have elderly on a strict budget that, that worked for their money, and now they, they don't even get their money's worth. And if they $5 over, they can't get assistance. But yet we throw money at illegal aliens that are taking over. And mind you, it's a whole different culture. They don't have respect for the law. So if a police officer tells them to stop, please. Well, a lot of times they're scared of the police that because too. the country they come it's from, corrupt. the police are not yeah. somebody you want to come to your aid. Yeah. And I don't get why we can't declare these cartels who running the border, who run Mexico, why they can't be declared a terrorist organization. I agree. And fentanyl should be declared a weapon of mass destruction because yeah, that's what it is. they're trying to do that. Yeah, they're, they're and I hope it that. works. Yeah, so do why because i'm going to tell you what you get a hundred thousand drug overdoses and the people of this country are not pissed off about it there's something wrong i mean who was the sheriff lamb made the statement and he said 
drop a bomb on any major yes. city, kill 100,000 Americans, yeah. and we'll want to go kick the ass of whoever it was exactly. that dropped the bomb. But with this now, nothing. There's no outrage. The media is still hiding most of it that has anything to do with cartels, fentanyl, illegal aliens killing Americans. I know I've been fighting for 10 years, and it's it's, it's a slow process. I've been trying to get with uh, Democrat parties, and, and just let me share my story. I, they don't want to hear it, no, do they? No, they don't. They don't even respond to me. Yeah, I get death threats because I talk about this openly. And when I moved to Arkansas, matter of fact, the best move ever. I became a country girl. I love Arkansas. It gives me so much peace. But illegal aliens are there, too. We got Tyson, these these oh, yeah. chicken houses. And they claim, well, we use E-Verify. Yeah, right. There's a way around everything. Um, our little town uh, had an illegal alien who raped his sister, 11-year-old sister. They arrested him. Right. Then what the father, well, he eventually he was handed over to ICE because our sheriff is just a little bit tougher and he's not playing those games. Good. But while this guy was in jail, held in that little jail cell after raping his sister, the father came to visit and spoke Spanish to him. And one of the sheriffs overheard him talking about he raped that little girl, too. Oh, my. So the, it's just sometimes a drunk driver doesn't work anymore. It's way deeper. It's like an iceberg. You just see the tip of it in every town. And every town, no matter where, what state you're in, has an illegal alien problem. You can just close your eyes and plug your ears. It's still there. And, and we, it will affect you. And then we hear stories like what happened in the Embarcadero there in California. Yeah where the guy killed a woman mm -hmm. uh, with a with a firearm, and he says his story yeah. was he was shooting at a dolphin or, or something. Yeah, or he, it, yeah, yeah it, it he just, struck her and yeah. killed her, and nothing happened to the guy. No, nothing. And sadly, the parents, I used to talk with them quite often to check on them. Um, they just didn't want to deal with this anymore. And it, it was almost that the whole issue of illegal immigration was handed to them on a golden platter, on a platinum platter, I call it. Right. But they, they didn't want to get into politics of it because a lot of people thought Kate Steinle was the first victim. Yeah, no, no. there have been thousands no, before no, no, and no, thousands no. after. Yeah. And they happen every day, and you don't hear about it. And then I tell people, I say, okay, if, if you don't care about the American victims, Think about the women and children that get raped and brutally abused on the way here, that drown in the Rio Grande, that when they get slow, they leave them behind in the desert. There are about 40% of those uh, unaccompanied minors, they disappear. If you ever heard of snuff films? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's where a lot of these kids end up. They are getting abused. They get sexually trafficked. So if you don't care about the American victims like myself... Think about them, because a lot of them don't know what they expect. Like in that documentary, America's Forgotten, they inter she interviewed an a illegal woman that was trafficked over here. Well, she was told that she can go to Beverly Hills to shop uh -huh. and Disneyland every day. Well, now she's hiding in a one-room apartment because she owes the cartels. She's a sex slave for the rest of her life to pay back the money. Right. That they they, here. Yeah, that she said, well, I can't pay you 10000 to come here, but, you know, I'll, I'll pay you back. Yeah. So she's, she's enslaved. It's modern-day slavery, and, and we have to stop cuddling that issue. Oh, they, they just, you know, I hear that, Dave, a lot. Your son could have been killed by an American. I'll tell him, you're right. You're Don't absolutely you love right. that? But, but he, he wasn't. wasn't. And That's an right. American. The truth of the matter was, yes, he wasn't. He wasn't. 
And if this guy, this illegal alien from Guatemala, would have never came to the United States, never been able to come here, my son would still be alive. We wouldn't even know each other. Yeah. And American criminals, sadly, we cannot deport, but we can deport illegal aliens. And then I hear, well, you can't deport them all. I say, yeah, we can start. Of course we could. We, we, we one said by one. That's, that's right. Do. And we used to say we can't go to the moon. Well, we did. Yeah. So let's start getting rid of illegal aliens. Let's start with the ones we know, the criminals, and, and go from there. Yeah, but as no long reason. as the people get cheap labor, and that's another thing. Stop hiring illegal aliens to do your lawn work or your, yep. your handiwork because you, you're adding to the issue. You complicit in yeah, that. You become part Absolutely. of the problem. So stop. Not Hire Americans. Buy American. Yeah. It, it, we have to start somewhere. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I, aren't you glad I came to this? I mean, yeah. you don't. You're not going to hear no. these type of things except for the people that are showing up here on my show and yeah. hold their feet to the fire. Yeah. This is a great thing. You come to it uh, often. Yeah. And and you give up your time willingly Absolutely. to do this. I love sharing Dominic, and I, I love sharing who he was, and, and I always wonder, what would he do now? Where would he be? He contributed so much to our little city, Moreno Valley in California, that he became Volunteer of the Year. Um, I had him for 30 amazing years, the best of times, but... His life was cut short, and my family was destroyed. Yeah. So he couldn't walk me down the aisle when I married the love of my life. Yeah. The guy he said I was going to marry. Uh-huh. Yeah. He knew. Yeah, he knew. And I, I, I won't have grandchildren. I won't be able to spoil grandchildren. So right. there's so much more. His friends still celebrate his birthday. They name babies after him. Fantastic. He's remembered everywhere, but they were cheated, too. Yeah. And yet I still have to listen to people make more excuses for illegals than they give sympathy to parents like me. Well, they they, they tend to think of people that are illegals as victims all the time and not as perpetrators. That's exactly perpetrators. Perfect way of putting it. Yes, they're breaking our laws. Yes, they are. I mean, it's like they say, well, they apply for asylum. Okay, after you break in my house, you then ask me if you can enter. Yeah. That's pretty much if you can stay. Right. And, okay, what what about if you're on vacation three weeks, you come back, you have ten people in your house. Yeah, they're squatting in your yeah, house. Yeah, and they say, well, we've been here now ten years, uh, ten days, like illegal. So, well, we've been here a couple of years, so now we have a right. No, yeah. no, there's a process for that, and it's intact, and it takes a long time. Okay, and there's a reason for it. But if you want to streamline it, streamline it. Exactly. But don't just break it apart. Right. And they all jump in in front of the line of every legal immigrant that's right now standing in line that's and correct. can get processed because you've got thousands of illegals now claiming asylum, throwing up their hands, don't shoot. It's a game they play, and the cartels are getting richer and richer. They are multimillionaires. All right. They're oh, yeah. running it's time things. time to take a break now. Yeah, well, let's get a break in, then we'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation with Sabine here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live at Hold Their Feet to the Fire in Washington, D.C. Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. Live, Washington, D.C., and uh, we'll continue on with Sabine Durden uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. She's in Arkansas, by the way, down kind of down by the Nashville area. I won't say mm-hmm. exactly where she's at. She's off of I-30 down that way. Uh, and 
she is a legal immigrant whose son was killed by an illegal alien uh, 10 years ago. And we've been talking about that. We've been talking about just illegal immigration in general and uh, how it affects our country. And it, it amazes me that that is this is not a number one issue when you think about 100,000 overdoses yeah. a year yes. here in our country because fentanyl is brought into our country. It's disguised as candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, let's be be real here. This is the uh, uh, the cartels that are out marketing to kids. Yes. I mean, they, they, it looks like uh, what's a candy that's sour. That's that, that's what they look like. Yeah. And uh, and that's what kids think a lot of times is. Other kids, hey, they're going to experiment, or maybe they're buying. Uh, what they think is an, a pill of Adderall mm-hmm. to help them study because they're in That's college. Right. And instead, they get fentanyl, and they take fentanyl, and they don't wake up. Yeah. It's it's one pill can kill. That's it, yeah. It's not, it's not an addiction. It's not a, a druggie that just, you know, looks for the next high. A matter of fact, a year ago, Dominic, one of Dominic's best friends found her 16-year-old daughter dead. In her bed. That's amazing. And she did exactly that. She got some Adderall from a friend to study. Yeah. And it was laced. Yep. Yeah. In a split second. She wasn't a druggie. She wasn't addicted to any drugs. But people, the media is still, and I I, want to tell you, Dave, I appreciate you. We've known each other a long time. You don't shy away from this issue. Well, you You talk about it. Look, if you can't handle yeah. the truth, don't listen to my show. Absolutely. And I appreciate it. But we need more Daves. We need more Dave Ellswick that, that will actually tell the truth. And then let us decide. But stop. Just like Kamala came on and said the board is secure. No, I almost it's, ripped it's, my TV yeah, out of the wall. Yeah. It's, they, they are gaslighting us. They're lying to us. And then the people who don't want to believe my story or the other thousands of stories... Um, they listen to her and they say, well, see, she should know what she's talking about. She's never even been to the border. I've been to her office when she was a senator over here in the building. Uh-huh. And she, I was kicked out of her office. Why? Yeah, Well, because I brought a picture of my son and the staff. Well, they came over real sympathetic. And then I said, yeah, he was an American dreamer killed by an illegal alien. And they told me if I don't leave the office, I'll get arrested. How about that? Yeah. So they, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to tell the truth. Was Willie Brown there or not? I didn't look under the desk. <laughs> Sorry. I that's gotta, okay. Hey, I say the truth. Yep. That's the bottom. That's the truth. Yep. What I'm, what I'm she worked her way up. Yeah, she did. Yep. She and did. it's it's sad that some people still stand with this administration that clearly, you know, some people didn't like Trump, didn't like the way he talked, but we all were better off. We had more money. We didn't have 8.4% inflation. We could yeah. afford things, and we'd, we we didn't have to worry about getting an electric car we can't charge anywhere. Yeah. Because I don't want to drive through Arkansas, the beautiful back roads, and then get stuck somewhere with and a flipping will. electric car. You will. But people still close their eyes. They pluck their ears and, and, and want to believe this administration is bringing us together. No, they're ruining us. They let matter of fact, do you remember when when Joe Obama, as I call him, or like my shirt says, let's go, Brandon, yeah. uh, when he told us during his campaign that we can easily take two million illegal aliens. He called them immigrants, yes, which is an course. insult. But look at what happened. 
We're we're past four million. Yeah. Yep. And more can more can come. Well, is of what course. They're saying. All right, let's get our break for news, and we'll come back, and we'll finish up with Sabine here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live in Washington, D.C. on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so it's going to be 88 degrees for a high here, and the people here in Washington, D.C. think they're going to melt. Uh, <laughs> they haven't been to Arkansas, That's evidently, right. <laughs> when it's 100 degrees, and the humidity is about 70%. It is, oh, I said called it 2,000%. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot there. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to finish up now this last half hour. Sabine has been good enough to sit and talk to us for a while. Uh, and it's not all the time. I don't usually ask for an hour from anybody. But uh, typically it's about 20 minutes per, per uh, interview that I do. But she's got such a firm grip on this problem that you need to hear what she has to say. So my next question is, let's go to Arkansas. That's right. We talk national mm-hmm. politics. But let's bring it down now to state politics. If you could sit down with the uh, Republican caucus before January when they have their, uh, they start having the General Assembly again, what would you like to tell them about this particular issue? That, first of all, they have to stop allowing illegal aliens into our state. I mean, every state, but particularly Arkansas. Yeah, we're talking Arkansas. Yeah. So then start E-Verify with these companies. We know we have Tyson uh, Chicken Houses. We have Husqvarna. We know illegal aliens work there because it's it's cheap labor. It's slave labor. Mm-hmm. So stop that. And when you find you have an illegal alien, deport. Don't don't wait. Don't don't use any excuses. Just obey and follow our laws. And that's all I ask any politicians, whether they left or right. Why don't we just apply the laws that are on the books already? We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Oh, no, they want to pass more laws. Right, right. No, we don't need that. Just just follow the law and implement the laws we already have on the books and stop. And then I hear, well, we don't have enough Americans working. That's not true. You get people that are on welfare and, and, and have changed that. You have to work a couple hours a week before you get your next welfare check. If there's a will, there's a way. But yep. but why do that when a lot of people on the other side, on our side, get payoffs, get uh, uh, paybacks? There's a lot of stuff going on that's not kosher. And that's why illegal aliens, the cartels who run all of this, are still getting over. A lot of people get paid. Well, there's a lot of people that are, uh, you know, run a farm or run mm-hmm. a ranch or yep. whatever, and they don't think that they're hurting anybody by allowing an illegal to to work for them, yeah. and they ha- they don't have to pay them but about, you know, half of exactly. what they would pay a, a, another worker, when in fact you're complicit in the whole thing at yes. that point. Yes, you are. And there need to be consequences. There, there are consequences to every action. Why is it in this instance that there's not? People break the law with illegal aliens and nothing happens. You have companies that get fined. And the next day they, they rehire illegal aliens to work in the meat plants and so forth. And then you wonder sometimes why the food is tainted, why we have issues with outbreaks. Um, People need to also remember illegal aliens that come over come from a whole different climate. They come from a whole different tradition and and customs. Um, 
we we had an incident in a in a town in Arkansas where a a, a son a brother was arrested for raping his 11 year old sister for years. And she was so conditioned that she thought that was all it is. That was the it way you show love. And then the father came to visit the son in, in prison, and somebody overheard them talking in Spanish, and the father was raping the daughter. It's a culture in some places. So um, it, I ask people, would you invite, a, let's say, six men, strangers, into your house, and they tell you, well, we're good people. We're really good people, and and we just need a better life. And would you let them stay in your house? Let them sleep in your daughter's room because they said, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would send the police. You have to call the police. Have them removed. Yeah. Quicker than they did at Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Yeah. Probably within a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. And no, you wouldn't because you will protect your family. So why do people close their eyes to? us protecting our country a secure border benefits americans and these other people mm-hmm. illegals wouldn't die they have they have coroners that can't deal with the 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 influx of dead illegals anymore yeah, the john yeah. does jane does they come across the border into the united states and they cross across all kinds of other countries yeah where if they want asylum <laughs> that's where they should ask for it at that's Instead, the law yeah. they get the willy wonka golden ticket yes and come to the united yeah. states and get uh, cash so now what happened with me i was dinged by social security as an undocumented person and when i talked to somebody on the phone and i said well you need to fix this i have a passport. I'm an American citizen since 1996. She said, "Well, it takes time." I said, "Well, in the meantime, can <laughs> I get time. yeah? Can I get a free airline ticket to anywhere I want? Can I get a free cash card, 800 bucks on yeah. it, a free phone? Now I want, since I'm deemed an undocumented person, I want to get all the benefits of that. Um, the bottom line is, we protect our families." We protect our homes with a closed door, with a lock, with the clothes in the backyard, the, the, the gates. Why is it so bad if Americans want this? Why is this administration allowing this? Because it benefits them. Because illegal aliens do vote. And that's a fact. People say, well, they can't. I said, well, crime is uh, illegal, too. But people still commit crimes. Yeah. So this administration benefits from the human trafficking. Matter of fact, I believe that uh, Joe Biden and Kamala's pictures are at headquarters of cartels as the employees of the year. Eh, they making true. them big money. Yeah, you know, Obama was just uh, the gun salesman of the yeah. year. These folks are beyond that. Yeah. They've, they've left Obama in the dust yeah. about how they are hurting our country it's it's truly a swamp and too many people make money off of the on the backs of these illegal aliens that are told like in that movie america's forgotten that when you come to america you get to go to disneyland every day and you can shop in beverly hills she believed it well she's now in hiding because she was sex trafficked and she can never pay back the cartels there was a gentleman that yeah. used to come to hold her feet to the fire. I don't know what has happened to him. I lost track of several people uh, during COVID. Uh, but he did a couple of documentaries about the Zetas. Yeah. And people do not understand how brutal, oh. how really brutal the uh, cartels yeah. are. I mean, they would take live people yeah. and put them in... Uh, 50-gallon cans of gasoline, not yeah. gasoline, in acid, uh, acid yeah. 
they would take and uh, I remember there was a big ball in in uh, Mexico City, big polit- political thing. Yeah. And some guy walked in with a bag. Yeah. And he threw body parts. Yeah, heads. Yeah. yeah. Heads out yeah. on the dance floor. Um, if people don't get that picture, think about babies, toddlers getting raped. Oh yeah. They found a little girl, six years old. She had twenty-four different DNAs in her. So, you know, if, if, if you don't think this, my story is heartbreaking, losing my only child, my family's annihilated that day. It, it forever changed me. Sure. Think about the women and children that get raped. They have rape trees on the way where these cartel members, after they rape babies, toddlers, little girls, women, they put their underwear or their diapers on a tree as a trophy. These are not stories we're just making up and try to embellish things. This is happening. Well, this is why I talk about it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me why the president, and I think that Trump tried to do this, Yeah. don't go and sit down with the president of Mexico yeah. and some of these other countries and say, look, if you don't take care of the cartels, That's right. we're going to take care of the cartels. That's you right. know, we've got special forces <laughs> That could take care of these people. In in a heartbeat. We could fix this yes. today. Absolutely. In one day, this could be fixed. But just if there's us, no just will. Just give us the green light. That's right. If there's no will, there's no way. Yeah. It's like I asked somebody here, what about shipping these illegals, putting them on a flight, and sending them back to Mexico? Well, that can't be done because it has to be in agreement with Mexico. That's right. Well, if we declare this an invasion, then it's like declaring war. Yeah. But we had a president, Donald Trump, who put in policies where Mexico knew, don't mess with him. Yeah, he'll cut off trade with you. That's right. He punished him by by uh, uh, the, 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 what was it? Uh, I, I forget the word for it now. They they would have to pay a lot of money to bring their goods. Oh, yeah. But right now is they bring in their goods, they do what they want, and we're just bowing down to Mexico and China because China is producing the fentanyl that yep. they ship to the cartels who then put it into the pills and all that. Yep. People have to start talking openly about it. Stop being afraid of somebody calling you a racist. Stop whispering because I get that. Oh, illegal alien. No, don't do the Joe Biden whisper. Yeah, don't do yeah. that. Call them illegal aliens. That's what they are. It's by law. It's not an insult. It's not a racist issue. But uh, get involved because otherwise your children and your grandchildren will not have a future. They will not have a country. Because we're either going to wear burkas or we're going to be uh, indebted to the cartels. It has to stop now. And we have to speak. And I'm so grateful to you for, for doing this and for having me on and... Yeah, I really do. Yeah, we need to have you on more. We're gonna we're gonna start uh, doing luncheons again with the Dave Ellswick show. Yes, and I will make sure, Sabine, that you are one of our guests in the near future, so that you can come and tell people about the reality of what illegal immigration. And I will bring in pictures of my son's dead hands at the coroner's office. The last time I got to touch my child, because. This never goes away. No. There's always going to be an empty place. Yeah. You know, I I lost two kids during the the pandemic. I'm so sorry. And I got to tell you, Mm. it's a hole that you cannot refill. No, I'm so sorry. It just doesn't happen. No. It does not refill. All right. 
I got to let you go. Thank you. I, I like, appreciate I, all I, your I appreciate time. you giving me as much time as you have. Oh, today. you you could have another two hours if okay. you wanted. <laughs> Any time, but all thank right. you. Thanks a lot, Sabine. Thank you. All right, let's take our final break. Then I'll be back to tell you, uh, kind of, you know, give you uh, what happened today. And then I'll talk about what's coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow is even a bigger day than what today was, although it's hard to, to outdo Congressman Tony Gonzalez here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer. It's gone fast. This, this always goes way faster than what I want it to go. And uh, you heard from a lot of different people over the last four hours. Let me just run over who you heard from. Dan Stein, the president of Fair U.S., the people who put this uh, event on, was on talking about an overview of illegal immigration in our country. Then we went to Tom Holman, former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. You see him all the time on uh, Fox News. He's a Fox contributor. He was on with us. He said, and I think this was the best quote of the day, uh, he sent a message out directly on the show to uh, uh, the vice president and said, Ms. Vice President, if you want to know the roots of uh, the illegal immigration problem that we're facing in America today, all you need to do is go to the Oval Office. Great statement from Tom Holman. Congressman French Hill and Congressman Tony Gonzalez, my thanks to Congressman Hill for bringing in uh, Congressman Tony Gonzalez from Texas, uh, who talked about illegal immigration and gave you the real deal of looking at from Laredo, uh, which is in his district, about what is going on on the ground and about the cartels. And Congressman Franchil talking about the seven different times he's been along the border, checking it out, seeing what the problems are, looking for answers. Robert Rector was here with the Heritage Foundation. What are the, the, the results? What are the things that happen in the United States because of illegal immigration? And he, he told you that it was like adding a $2 a gallon gas tax to take care of the illegals that are in our country right now. Not the ones that are coming right now, but the ones that are already here. $2 a gallon uh, per gallon of gas every day that you put gas in your car. That's what you're paying for illegal uh, immigration. We had Mark Daniels and Sheriff Mark Lamb on, both of them sheriffs down in uh, Arizona. I wanted you to hear from them because that's where the problem with the drugs is at its pinnacle. And they gave you a rundown on that. And then Sabine was on here the last 45, 50 minutes of the show talking about her son that was killed by an illegal uh other families that are suffering over this, the angel moms, and uh, how difficult it is, and, and what is, what's going on on the border as well. It was great having her on. Tomorrow, going to have an even more kind of action-packed uh, show on, on the Dave Ellswick Show, because we're, we're going to start off again at typical for us, 6 o'clock in the morning, and John and Joe Beth Ladd are going to be on. They're ranchers from Mark Daniels uh, County, Cochise County in Arizona. They'll tell you what it's like to try to live in an area where thousands of people are coming across the border illegally. They'll try to let you understand what's happening. 
Then Ben Bergram is going to be on. He's from Frontline. You may have seen some of their specials. He is a director for Frontline. He's going to come on and talk about the different uh, uh, news shows that he's done about how uh, illegal immigration is affecting our country. Then it's going to be time for uh, our politicians to come on and talk specifically about illegal immigration. Uh, 7 o'clock, Congressman Bruce Westerman. He'll be with us on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday uh, at 7.30. Senator Bozeman's going to be on uh, with us. Then Ira Melman will be back on with FAIR. And then at uh, uh, 8.30 tomorrow morning, Senator Tom Cotton will join us and you know, he's had some pieces of legislation come up, and he can't get traction on some of it. Stuff like uh, basing immigration on merit instead of, you know, family ties and things of that nature. So he'll be on to talk with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So I'm excited about everything that's going on uh, with our show and the things that we have uh, that, that are coming on uh, the air here all through tomorrow. Uh, I leave uh, tomorrow afternoon to make my way back to uh, to Arkansas, and then I'll be going on on uh, my uh, vacation. Uh, while I'm on vacation, you're going to have a lot of different people filling in for me. Uh, State Senator Kim Hammer, Alan Kerr, former insurance commissioner of Arkansas, will be on. You'll also hear from uh, some other folks as well. Ken Yang is going to be on. Uh, he'll be talking to you. You'll hear from Ryan Norris, Amer- uh, Arkansans uh, for, you know, uh, America. You'll be hearing from him. Uh, you'll hear from Nick Horton. He'll join us. Nick uh, has been a part of my show for, for ages and started off as a teenager writing about uh, what was going on up in Searcy. And now he, he continues here uh, doing his thing. Uh, as a as a father, and uh, it's going to be interesting to hear from him uh, as as well. So I look forward uh, to all of these people taking part in the show uh, tomorrow, I, and I look forward to you being able to hear from them. You're gonna I'm going to load you up. I'm going to give you plenty of information so that when you sit down and somebody brings up illegal immigration and thinking that it's some kind of victimless crime, you can talk about it is not. It is not between, you know, the people that are coming across the the border uh, that could be terrorists that we don't know where they're coming from or who they are to uh, the member, the members of the of the cartels that are bringing the drugs of fentanyl into our our uh, our country to the human traffickers uh, that are uh, preying on people coming from other countries and preying on people right here in our country. And selling people into the the, the sex trade, uh, slavery uh, issue, something that you'll hear more of even tomorrow. All of that happening under the auspices of of illegals. And you say, well, I, yeah, I I'm giving an illegal some work at my house. They're cutting the grass or weeding my flower bed or whatever. You are complicit with this crime. I've got to let you know. Uh, it's just it's just the gospel truth truth is that you're complicit you're make you're help making it possible you're feeding the beast so to speak all right we're out of time i got to go do a few things and 
hanging out with one of my fellow talk show hosts, guys that I've known for years. Uh, we'll talk about some of the interviews that we had today and uh, get ready for tomorrow. I'll see you early in the morning, 6 a.m., like I always do, right here on the Dave Elser Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer.